0: Ladies and gentlemen, may I present for your intellectual and philosophical pleasure Running Fast on Raw Dog Comedy Hits, Channel 99. Let's get down to it, Bobby. We're just yelping over here. Uh, Very, very exciting time for us because uh, next week is the New York Comedy Festival, and it's going to be a blast. We've added Pete Holmes en masse to the New York Comedy Festival, and you are invited next week to Caroline's Comedy Club in New York City. Um... Go over to the iBang and check that. And also check NYComedyFestival.com to see all the fun stuff that's happening. Uh, Chris, do you plan on jumping around next week? Going a lot of different things? I always love jumping around. This just got at it. Uh, It's going to be next Sunday. Um, You'll be able to hear... The New York's Funniest. This is always a big deal every uh, year. Well, next Sunday right here on Raw Dog, you'll be able to hear at 7 o'clock New York's Funniest stand-up, the finals at Caroline's on Broadway, part of the New York Comedy Festival. Now, check out this lineup. 11 different comedians, including Adam Newman, Joe List, who was in our Highlander contest, Dave Smith, That was just here the other day. Um, Emma Wilson, Kevin Islow, Matteo Lane, Mike Cannon, all great comics, Tommy Pope. Now, this is a surprising thing. They have announced the judges, and one of the judges, Ron Bennington from The Bennington Show. Congratulations. You'll hear him every Friday. Ron Bennington will be one of the judges. So you want to check that out. It's nycomedyfestival.com. nycomedyfestival.com. That's where all the big fun is. And that's where the sun is. Uh, It tapes on November 8th at uh, 4 p.m. at Carolines, and you can be part of that. You can go to that. Or just listen Sunday night, 7 o'clock, New York's Funniest Stand-Up Competition Finals on Raw Dog Comedy Hits, 99. I'm making this prediction. Joe Liz could be a double winner, but if that doesn't happen, he's a double loser. He will not split.
1: Or nothing for Big it's Joe either going to be
0: the greatest week of Joe List's life because there's only two left on the Highlander. Joe List and Eric Stengel. Two of the most attractive men in comedy today.
1: Love them. Love both of them.
0: Fez, you swear you're not watching football this year? I am
2: not watching any football. You don't know who's
0: and what. If I said to you... The Minnesota Vikings, you wouldn't know whether they were doing well or bad.
2: Uh, yeah, no idea. the Give me a division. I won't be able to answer it.
0: Um who do you think is running the NFC West?
2: Um I would say that is San Francisco.
0: He really doesn't know anything about it then. Hm, he doesn't know a goddamn thing. I don't know. This I don't know is this still a
1: ruse. Him. I mean, because he could just throw. If he knows it, he'll yeah. he'll just give out wrong answers purposefully. All
0: right, let me ask you this: uh, Daddy's doing his picks. Gino's picks. Gino's sexy, dirty picks. Uh, you can, by the way, see these up on the dot com. Eagles, Texans. It's minus two with the Eagles. Which way do you think uh, Daddy's going on this?
1: I'm gonna say he's taking the Eagles.
0: He's taking the Eagles. Jeff said Chiefs. The Chiefs are at minus nine and a half.
1: It's a lot of points. I'm gonna say he's gonna take the Jets because Michael Vick's now starting. You're wrong. Oh,
0: he's they... taking the Chiefs. Whoa. Raiders at the Seahawks. The Raiders or the Seahawks are at minus fifteen.
2: Oh my God! You're now going into college spreads here.
0: Oh, so you've been watching college? No, I That's just football. That no, is football. I just know
2: that college has bigger spreads than the pros. Go Good. ahead, Chris.
1: Give me, give me the Seahawks. They have something to prove. They will put. They're going to light it up because they look look like crap lately.
0: That's fifteen points. You take the dog on that one. Dogs it. <laughs> uh, he's taking the Raiders at plus fifteen. Colts. The Colts are playing the gents. Who you taking?
1: Give me the Giants. Big blue.
0: Uh, he's taking the colds.
1: Minus three.
0: Watch the video to find out whether Gino loves or hates Halloween, and whether he loves or hates whores. It's up on the Terabank <laughs> today. What is his record for the year? For the year... 22 and 10. Now, you hear something like that, and you're like, that's fantastic. I could quit my job if I went 22 and 10. And yet I look at this pics, and I go, how wrong can you be, you know?
1: You know what I mean? It's weird. It's ter- It's actually terrible, because I've had the same fucking thoughts. I, can't, I All I had
0: to do is follow him, and yet I'm still like, these pics are ridiculous. That's what we do. That's what the human brain does. It and hurts th- us. Yeah, and this is why... We lose wars to the Viet Cong. We don't learn from the past.
1: It's guerrilla warfare.
0: There's no guerrillas over there.
1: 69% against the spread.
0: That's unbelievably
1: great. Yeah, That's that's professional gambler money.
0: Yes, it is, and he's a professional gambler, as well as a ladies' man. Uh, John, Arizona, you're on the Ron and Flex show.
3: Oh. Hey, Ron, I heard the uh, Bennington show this morning. Sounded like a great show. Thank you. But but my question is, how come that morning show runs flawlessly, sounds very professional, and your afternoon show sounds like it's run by a bunch of retards?
0: It's an interesting situation. I have a different staff in there, a crack staff of almost Navy SEALs. They're the Navy SEALs of radio. You can't even see them. The man operating the board today, I have no idea who he was, but he was fabulous. And then... Like a ninja, he was gone. I'll tell you this. That morning show, and I don't know whether it's doing the morning, but it goes by like a shot. Like a shot. Like you're like, hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Bennington on OP Radio. And we're going to be leaving. So thank you so much for listening to us. Uh, Here's Scott. Scott, you're on the run. And show.
4: Yeah, I wanted to congr- congratulate you on the run of,
5: I mean the Bennington show, but I thought uh, you weren't getting time checks this morning, so Chris Stanley's pretty good about time checks, isn't
0: he? He's very, very good about time checks. I hated, uh, you know, when Gail just like sold me out for like giving a, what I consider was a regular, hey, what's the time? And she was like, hey, thought we were all best friends here.
1: That's how we communicate.
0: That's how we communicate in radio. It's normal. I will kill you if I don't find out what time we're going back
1: on. It's 20 seconds. It's 20 seconds.
0: Yeah, but I felt like it was a little bit of a sellout that she pulled the curtain back and said uh, we don't need to yell at everybody. Okay, yelling is not how we get things done. We talk nice. Alright? Like little human beings. Because when we yell, we're not listening. Really? Is that, is that that's true? I don't know. I was trying to do that thing when you try to teach somebody no. how to <laughs> change the stuff. Bah, bah, bah. Chris, in Staten Island, you're on the Ron and Fez show.
4: Hey, Ronnie. Um, I, I've been listening to the Bennington show. I just got a question. I'm not sure. Is the studio the same studio you're in now that you do that
0: show? No, we do that show. The Bennington show is done out of the Freedom Tower, uh, which is where the old twin towers used to be, the ones that you saw on television fall down. All right. So we do it out of the Freedom Tower, the brand-new tower there. Uh, Spectacular 360-degree views. And in this studio, we actually have zero-degree views. Uh, Okay.
6: All right. I guess it was a doofy question. (laughs) <laughs> the-
0: no, it's a fine question. It's a, right. Now you understand.
4: I uh, do, and thank you for informing me. Yeah. Um, you know, I called into the show a few times. I'm sure
6: you don't remember. It doesn't matter. But all the times I've called, I never called and said hello to Fezzi. Fezzi? Yes. I just want to say I love you, man. I've been listening for a very, very long time, and I just wanted you to know that I love you. No
4: matter what, I got your back.
2: Well, that's very sweet of you, Chris. It's always nice to have someone say they love you, no know whether you know them or not. Yes,
4: it's unconditional. I've been listening for a long time. No one's perfect, and I love you just the way
2: you are. You enjoy your Halloween, okay? And you must adore me.
0: I like to say Pooh buddys nerfic. Get it? I just flipped the nobody's perfect into <laughs> po-buddy's nerfic.
1: It's like that was a mistake.
0: Uh, so next week is going to be very exciting. It's the New York Comedy Festival, and I believe we're going to have a lot of the comedians in who are going to be participating in New York's Funniest. Um, I'm not sure, because, as a judge, uh, I'm not sure of all the details yet, but I believe the winner gets six... $100 million. Dollars. Holy shit. Now, the interabang actually has all this stuff up that you can be doing, or you can go to nycomedyfestival, uh, com. but it's very, very exciting right now. The big show is what, Chris? The one that they do the red carpet.
1: That's the Stand Up for Heroes. That's a benefit for uh, the Bod Woodruff uh, Foundation. Louis C.K. is going to be performing. Jim Gaffigan, John Oliver, Bruce Springsteen, John Stewart, and surprise guests. That's happening at the theater in Madison Square Garden. Funniest person up there? Springsteen. You
0: think? Yeah. Uh, he does a bit. He's like, oh, one time little Steven came in here. He was like crazy. He was wearing pink boots.
1: We thought you were going to play songs.
0: Uh, I just want to... I just want to tell you a funny story about the big man.
1: Jungleland.
0: Well, if he does jokes, then I think Louis C.K. ought to do a little <laughs> song called Meaning Across the River. But I'm excited about this contest. I've never judged a contest before. Although I used to, in Florida, judge what wet t-shirt contest. And um, we used to call them Naughty Nighties. Hot. Yeah. And there was always a thing that I would do based on my judging that you could move up um, a lot of points. What was that? Blow me. That's what I would tell the contestants. (laughs) And I'm going to tell the same thing to the contestants in the New York Comedy
1: Festival. You listen to Joe List? Yeah. There's strategy there.
0: I think Michelle ought to cut a song for Joe List that is, you know, Kiss is on my list. Yeah. I think it should be Joe List is on my list. Perfect. Because Joe List Joe List is on my list. Who do you want? Who do your guts tell you you want to win the Highlander contest? Joe List or Eric Stengel.
1: My my actual my gut, like I'm not, this is this my actual gut, my instinct, my natural instinct is big Joe List.
0: I've set, first of all, I'm shocked that Joe List is still here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um That's maybe why. It's surprising. And I had the
0: feeling that Eric Stengel was going to be very analytical. But there's only two left. And we should just tweet this out now. You know, kind of a who you want to win, you know, because it's exciting. These two guys are there. Fez, gut. Not your reptilian brain, Mm -hmm. but your (laughs) gut. Your gay gut. What does it tell you?
2: Eric Stangle.
0: I think he's going to do better during pressure, too. I think Joe List is going crazy right now.
1: He's riding by the seat of his pants on this crazy run. We
0: should go. Can we go back and see what the, who they've got left this weekend? Because yeah, we me. don't know who they're going to pick yet. But we know um, who they're going to pick. Uh, now... Somebody photoshopped Fez's last photo. Let's take a look at that. It's up on our, tw- it's up on our Twitter account. Up uh, a bu- bow bow. What is that?
1: He's at the piano.
0: Yeah, there was a couple people who said he looked like he was singing. He does look. You know what? He looks like one of those blind singers. You ever see like the a blind, blind things? They, they don't really, really focus.
1: But they just know there's a mic in front of them.
0: Um. Kent in North Carolina.
5: Hey, what's up, Ronnie? Hey, uh, I just want to say, you know, I guess the new show, you know, it's kind of like the new hot girl. People are kind of, you know, leaning towards it a little bit. It's yeah. awesome, but uh, you know, this is obviously stable. But um, we're talking, y'all were talking about music a lot this morning, and uh, the Neil Young shit was awesome. But uh, like, you know, talking about popular music today, like in the '70s, was it like that? you know, badass music everybody likes. Wasn't that like the popular music by
0: now? No, there was actually a, you know, a top 40 that wasn't reflective of all those bands. There was a lot of cheesy pop songs in the 70s. There was, of course, Disco, which uh, climbed the charts. But there was a lot of really, you know, you have to remember, Barry Manilow sold a ton of music. In the 70s, the Osman brothers sold a ton of music. So, top 40 has always been top 40, you know?
5: Yeah, that's true. I, and, you know, there, there are bands out there today that I think are on that same level. Like, you know, like I love Widespread Panic and uh, stuff like that. They're great bands, but, you know, they have zero mainstream popularity or anything like that, you know, just because today's music shit, you know? Like, anything, any of that top 40 stuff, like, there's no substance to
0: it. Yeah, I but mean, I think like, it's always been that way in history. Like, if you go back and look at, you know, the people are like, oh, in the 70s, the music was so good. But if you went back and look at the Billboard charts, you're going to see a lot of Captain and Tennille. You know what I mean? You're going to remember that song, Afternoon Delight, which sold 600 billion copies. There's always been something about just a little light pop songs. Um, All right, this is Joe List has already picked Seahawks, the Packers, the Saints, the Chargers, the Eagles, the Cardinals, the Bills, the Pats. So who's left that's big
1: for him? Okay, so these are the games he has left that he could pick from. He could take the Cowboys against the Cardinals. I'd stay away from that game he, right fucking now, dude. He could take the Chiefs against the Jets, which is possible. I mean Broncos against Patriots? No, I I'd stay away from that. Cuz he could still take he still has to take the Broncos. He could bet Ravens Steelers. That I think is too close. Bengals against the Jaguars. But even though the the fucking Bengals got shut out by the Colts and the Jaguars Jaguars have gotten beat the Browns last week. That's uh, two weeks ago. That took a bunch of people out.
0: All right, Hughes Stangles already picked San Francisco, Broncos, Pats, Chargers, Seahawks, Colts, Cardinals, and KC.
1: <laughs> Who's the Eagles playing this week? Eagles are playing Texans. That's too tight, right? I think so. That's too tight to pick. That's they've lined, hard. They've lined up. They've, they've taken a lot of the same games. There's a couple different... Who would win the tiebreaker if they both go out right now?
0: Joe List. So Stengel's got to be careful.
1: Yeah, very careful.
0: Joe List doesn't mind a double elimination. But you're saying that could even change next week if they both win?
1: If they both win, it, it will it will change. I, to what it is, I don't know, but it, it will change. The tiebreaker situation changes every week.
0: Exciting. This is the most exciting thing in the history of the planet Earth. Uh, Chris and PA. Yeah, I'd like to be the first to congratulate Eric Stengel on
4: winning the elimination pool. Because if Pepper feels that it in his gut that Joe List is going to win, we all know he's doomed.
0: You know what? I, I always forget what a fucking bad luck schlep rock prick this guy is.
1: I can only go by the gut, you know? I can't I can't fool the jinx. I've tried. It doesn't work.
0: You know what would be the worst thing ever? What? Is if you were, like, in the pediatrics part of a hospital, (laughs) keeping an eye on a small child, and Chris Stanley walked in and went, there, there, you'll be just fine, I promise.
1: This is why, stay away from children.
0: You stay away from children because the government has deemed it so. No. No. So you're saying the government wants you to go.
1: No one wants me. I don't want to go around Joe. Are you putting who that special pumpkin? Who do you
0: want to win? We already put out a, we posted a who do you want to win, and guess who Eric Stengel picked? Joe. Classy.
1: Wow. <laughs> or is that false classiness? Classy. It's false classiness.
0: I remember we were like uh, really young. We were like first graders, and we were playing baseball, like... Sandlot Baseball, and these two pals were like, they didn't want to be on different teams, but they were picked differently. And they both were saying to each other, I hope your team wins, pal. I hope your team wins, buddy. And then an an older guy called them both the word that Fez hates. (laughs) And then we (laughs) all laughed. And I remember laughing without even knowing what the slur was, because I laughed with this holding on to my baseball glove. Somebody's being called a name by an older kid, and it ain't me. Great stuff. <laughs> this is good. Looks like I'm moving up the wanks just the way I dreamed.
1: New York Funniest. I guess people can go to this as well. Yes, they can, yeah, because it, it's taping Saturday, November 8th at 4 p.m. at Caroline's, and then it airs Sunday at 7 p.m. on Raw Dog Comedy Hits. Now, but yeah, you can't go to it.
0: Now, when I agreed to do this... This is how stupid the world is. I had to say, I don't sit and give them advice, do I don't want to tell people, like, it's American Idol, because judging has changed. It used to be a judge would be like a secret thing. Yeah. Like, you just secretly judged. <laughs> but, but I don't want to go like this. Joe, I got to tell you, you came out great, and I was really excited with the first couple of minutes. But then you did a joke, and you used the term Chinaman? And I didn't like it as much. So I'm worried about you. I'm worried about you being able to stay on for the next week. didn't see
1: you going to the racist angle. I don't want to be one of those guys. I want to do a secret vote. Yeah, keep it a little secretive. Keep it a little, you know, mysterious.
0: A secret vote is going to be a little secretive, Chris. Um... Did you comment yet on Earl's uh, story?
1: Uh, I haven't commented on the Intera on yet, but I think it sounds—I cra- think it's crazy. His Halloween: what happens when race insensitivity and humor smash into each other? He's saying that it's wrong to dress in blackface, but you can still do it. So he's saying—he's just saying it's okay to dress in blackface for Halloween. Call that bastard up for okay. me, okay? Uh, he's getting on the phone.
0: Um, Fez, what's one of the stories that you like up on the iBank today?
2: Oh, the WWE network is in trouble. So it's, uh, the 9 99 You get everything from the WWE, all the pay-per-views each month, um, their whole back catalog of videos, and this thing is just not working. He, uh, Vince McMahon has, uh, is churning out a third, over a third of well, his subscribers. How many people do they got? They have just over seven hundred thousand,
0: and it's nine ninety nine a month, right? Yeah. Now seven hundred thousand times ten bucks seems like it's pretty good. I mean, how are you failing if you're making seven million dollars a month? What could it cost to run a website?
2: Well, I think maybe it's compared to what it use what they would take in on the pay per views when you were buying them, you know, on demand for sixty dollars a pop. Yeah, but they couldn't have been doing
0: how many there? I mean, unless I knew all the numbers, I wouldn't
2: know whether they're doing right or wrong. But I, I guess the big problem is that they're losing so many subscribers. They sign up, and then they drop the network, yeah. that they're losing so many that it's not becoming um, cost-effective. To uh, show a profit on it, because so many are leaving after signing up.
0: Again, we wouldn't know that unless we saw what the costs were. How do we know whether it's cost-effective unless we saw what they were doing? Because, like, let's say that $50 that you used to pay, Mm -hmm. how much of that was going to the cable company?
2: Right. Yeah. I just think... All right,
0: let's let's take a play with that. Do you think it went half went to the cable company?
2: I would say half went...
0: So that now leaves them with only twenty five dollars, if half went to the cable company, and it might bit more. And I think more people would be willing to pay nine ninety nine than they would fifty bucks a month.
2: I think what else screwed up Vince McMahon is the expectations of what the network was going to do, how many subscribers it was going to be in, and I think that screwed with like his um, stock along with um he had a he, he lost like so many millions of dollars uh, a few months back when um his TV deal uh what his, what are you saying
0: he lost millions of dollars with his TV deal
2: he they had projected that the company was going to get this very lucrative deal from USA network uh-huh. and NBC networks and they didn't get nearly as much as they thought they were going to get the stock just fell And I think the same thing is happening with the network where the expectations that the company put out aren't meeting what the investors thought they were going to be. So I think he's losing money that way, too. See, I think
0: the people, a lot of the people who own stock, it isn't even owning like stock to make money like a regular company. Mm -hmm. I think it's own stock like people who buy into the Green Bay Packers. I mean, it's almost like, hey, I'm a stockholder. Isn't that cool? Look. Here's my stock. I'm part of it now. Yeah. I love the network.
2: I think another problem is that he, the people that loved wrestling as a kid in the 80s and watched Hulk Hogan, they've grown up, they still love wrestling, but I don't think a huge new crop of new fans are coming in. I think wrestling fandom has hit its peak, and I don't think uh, that many new fans are being created. I don't know what you're basing that on. The thing is, watching the shows on Monday. You don't and stuff, think that's filled with kids? I think it's filled mostly with um, older guys. But don't they have kids and they get their kids
1: into it? Like if I was a little kid and network existed, I would. That would all I would do is watch it because I would go to the fucking video stores and rent old pay per views.
0: My nephew watches all of it, and he brings up. Weird shit from years ago, and asked me about it.
1: It's all I would do if I was a little kid that had access to that network is watch fucking old pay per views. That's it. It would be amazing. I lose I lose it. But they stopped. Char- they stopped. They actually kicked me off the network because they stopped. They stopped charging my card, so I can't get back into it. Which well, nobody would know. want
0: you in their club, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to watch. Right, we're going to need more details than what we got because I haven't heard anything. To me, if somebody's doing bad. It's going to affect the product, and or the future if they're going to be able to start, you know, keep doing it. And I don't even know how much of that percentage of that company isn't owned by Vince. I expect that he has a vast majority of this stock, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: So you know, he's you can't be any safer than when you're in that position. It's when you own. Ten percent of the stock, but you control the company, is when shit can get you know bad for you, if it's not working out. Hey, Joey, a new Rochelle.
4: Hey, what's up, Ronnie? Um, I'm a huge wrestling fan. Hate to admit it, but um, in theory, the network is great. I had it. I was a subscriber since day one. But the platform, which you don't realize, which I don't think they thought about, it's hard to watch. It's not like HBO, where you can just put it on your cable system. You need PlayStation, Xbox. Which a a lot of the older people don't have or don't know how to use it correctly, and b the the service is not it's constantly buffering.
0: It's free. I got to tell you the truth. I have it and I get it through the Xbox, and I couldn't disagree more. Two years ago, when I would try to like watch a football game on that, I'm like, this is impossible. I'm not doing it. But this WWE Network looks exactly like any TV show that I'm watching.
4: A, a lot of people, I, I don't have Xbox. I'm actually watching it through Apple TV, and it is okay. But, it, but um, a lot of my friends have Xbox. It freezes of, to the point where the, so the, the quality is so bad that they're actually ordering the pay-per-view for 50 $60 on top of the $10 a month charge. Because the quality on the pay-per-view, in most people's opinion, is so much better.
0: Oh. I, I know I'm not seeing it in my TV.
2: I've had worse trouble with pay-per-views on television than I have watching a WWE pay-per-view on my computer on the network. So
0: you don't watch wrestling on TV anymore, you watch it on the computer? Yeah. That would drive me crazy.
2: I, I, it was
1: like maybe like three pay-per-views ago, and I realized, oh wait, this is a pay-per-view on tonight? And I was watching it on my phone in like crystal clear fucking HD, just sitting there, just watching it. It's I've had no problems with it. I've watched it on, the, on a Roku box when they fucking let me in. Well, here's
0: our friend Earl. Earl, how you doing, buddy?
1: Buddies, how are you?
0: We were just Have reading you your article uh, called Dress Up as Black. No. We think it's funny, too. <laughs> Earl, what was the <laughs> point a... you were looking to make with this? Uh, it's up on the Interbank today. By the way, fantastic pick of you. I'm loving that.
6: Looking sexy, girl. I look like a ghost.
0: You are. You're like a Halloween ghost. You're like Willow. The you're like Willow Smith of the West. But what is the (laughs) point you were looking to make for the people at home? Well,
6: I just find that you know, you know, we're seeing a lot of I'll I'll call them tasteless um, Halloween pictures being posted up. Uh, I guess the most famous one. I guess the most one that's making the most rounds is the Ray Rice one. And um, yeah. I'm like,
4: if you're going to be, you
6: know, you, you got to be smart with it. You got to be, you know, I mean, I think when you put on blackface and when you put on, you know, when you take a shot at someone, it's always from the perspective of the aggressor and not the victim, which is always kind of, that tells me you got something else, <laughs> some other at work here with mm-hmm. another thought process. You're not trying to be funny. Like, you're trying to be funny, but in your own way. But you're not trying to be satirical. You know mean? I'm, I'm, I'm going out
0: correct. this weekend dressed as uh, Anastad, And I think... <laughs> yeah. So you're saying, is there a way that, that people could dress up as black people? Let's say a black celebrity. Let's suppose I wanted to go out this year as little Stevie Wonder. All right? Is that acceptable okay. to you, Earl? If you want to go out, Stevie Wonder,
6: there's things that you know, things that will hammer home the point. You're carrying a harmonica. You have glasses on. Yeah, you're pretty much doing the Stevie Wonder. You know, like anyone wearing a Ray Rice jersey, mm-hmm. you've already made the point that you are Ray. You're, you're dressed as Ray Rice. You know, putting on blackface or talking, uh, kind of in a stereotypical language. You know, I thought that...
0: Like, my black ass is going out for Halloween. You hate that. Exactly. I right, uh, I'm going out as Stevie Wonder, and I have the harmonica, and that's cool, right? You
6: have the harmonica or a few... You and know, I
0: have bla- I have sunglasses. Now, I kind of have the hair, like the dread hairs. Do you feel like that's offensive, Earl?
6: You know, if you put your hair in dreads, again, that's hammering home the point...
0: All right, that's all that's the things enough. I have. I just have the dreads, sunglasses, uh, harmonica, and then I just have. I'm, I'll be carrying a watermelon and a bucket of fried chicken.
6: No, and none of that
0: is offensive.
6: No, not a watermelon and a bucket of fried
0: chicken. What would I carry? What would I have?
6: You know, again, all the other things. That's fine. I mm-hmm. think that'll hammer home the point. That you're just as Stevie Wonder,
0: right? And I, and I don't, but do you think people will know who I am without me putting on the blackface? I, I think Stevie, you
6: know, Stevie characteristics are pretty, you know, they're very distinguishable.
1: Oh, no. Absolutely. Only, when the only I'll ha- tell
0: you this, I'm going to go as like 1970s funky Stevie Wonder. I'm not going to go with that rhythm in the, the, the sky Stevie Wonder. You
6: know? we call it the cheesy Stevie period. Yeah, are you going classic? You know. Yeah, I'm
0: the, gonna, you know, living for the city.
6: Yeah, that's fine. I mean, and people have come as dressed as Stevie during various phases of his career. Some have dressed as little Stevie as the 12 year old with the suit on.
0: You're fine they with that. Black. What about Michael Jackson?
6: Michael Jackson, sequin glove, sequin socks. You know, the the loafers. That works, you
0: know. All right, what about O.J.?
6: See, you know, I'm going as O.J., I'm going, you know, 2,000 yards O.J., classic, 32, Buffalo Bills, 73.
0: Yeah, but that's not as funny as killing your wife. With gloves, and severed yeah.
6: head, blackface.
0: Come on. Yeah, but man. now if you're
6: walking around with a severed head, you know, bloody gloves,
0: I once was accused of wearing blackface, and I was just going out as a coal miner. And I'm like, I think you're taking this in the wrong direction.
1: If I don't put the blackface on, people just think I'm John Doe from Seven, if I have the severed head. You so should
0: go out as John Doe from Seven. That's pretty cool.
7: Yeah, I just
6: think when you, when you kind of go into that territory, you know, it's like, okay, you, you, you're working on something else. You're not being... It's it's it, I think it goes from satire to something else.
0: Is it hurt you when you work at Hard Rock and you see how some of the other employees dress racially as you put it? <laughs> Does it bother you? I
6: mean, no. I love my hard rock crew.
0: All right. Hard rock crew in the house. Who are you going out is this uh here, Snoop Dogg? Who are you gonna us? Um it, I have a Obama uh, yeah.
6: Kanye? I'm not going to spell Obama. Northwest? So I, be, I think there'll be a couple of Obamas there at work tonight.
0: Mm. Is that driving they were, crazy? There were like,
6: I think, three last year.
0: Um, So, Earl, you have put this up. Uh, it's on the iBang if people want to go check it out. Here's Brian in Chicago. Hey, Brian.
4: Hey, Ronnie. How's it going? Yeah, I was just thinking if you go at Stevie
8: Wonder with the harmonica and glass, but without blackface, People are just going to think you're Hootie from Hootie of the Blowfish. It's going to miss
0: the mark completely. The blackface makes the costume for Stevie Wonder. Earl, when is it okay to wear blackface? I wanted to go out as Jolson, and I really feel like if I put the blackface on, people know who I'm talking about.
9: <laughs> I
6: don't know. Well, blackface has its whole other history attached to it. Most of it not good. <laughs> so. I don't know. Again, if you're going out in blackface, and I think in any context, you're kind of, you know, again, you're you're talking about something else. You're not really saying, "Hey, this is funny. This is beautiful. like, you know what? You just
0: you're just saying, oh. let's keep it fun and not offensive this Halloween, right? Let's keep it fun, but inside the perimeter. I think you can you can
6: do that. You can. Do something tasteless or insensitive and and hit its marks, like. Right. And, and I, as I wrote, I thought Blazing Saddles was the perfect example of hitting all of those marks and still being funny and satirical. And I, in my opinion, one didn't they drop Tommy the M bomb? Absolutely. I mean, there, there's there's racial slurs. There's uh, there's derogatory terms against gays. There's a there's a rape joke in, in Blazing Saddles. Uh huh. But it—I mean—but again, in the in the context of how it's done and how it's executed, it works.
0: Hmm. I don't know if I'd ever see it that way.
6: I mean, the, again, I think it's one of—it's one of the most subversive movies ever made. I think, it's, and I think it's one of the greatest Tommy.
0: was Jason. You're on the Running Face Show.
4: Uh, afternoon, gentlemen. Earl, I have a question. I'm a, My wife's going as Whoopi Goldberg, but she's an African-American woman. And I'm thinking of going as Ted Danson, but uh, putting the blackface on uh, if you did at the fire spot. What do you think of that?
0: trip ripped from the headlines, Earl. Do you got a problem with that one? What,
6: if you're going to go as Ted Danson, why not go as
1: Sam Malone? I I, would it, anybody uh, get it? it? No, Where are you going to find <laughs> a Sam Malone jersey? You
6: know, but but he had a familiar look from Cheers, you know, and he just goes... Bugged down
1: shirt and jeans? It could
2: be anybody. And a bar towel.
0: I don't think everyone's going to laugh when you come in, though. I want people to laugh, Earl. Here's Frank in New York.
8: Yeah, Earl, how many times have you seen the movie White shirt?
0: Yeah, Earl. <sighs>
6: wait, wait. First of all, you know I appreciate everybody. I like everybody. If, frankly I could date whoever the hell I want.
1: What? What's he saying? He He didn't really yeah, talk about the fucking the, the movie Oh right. the movie White Chicks, which oh. I thought was horrible.
0: Why? Were you talking about dating a white chick girl?
1: No, I thought he, I thought he was saying
6: that white Chicks. Then I just it just hit me that he was referring to the movie White Chicks, which I hated. I thought it was an awful film.
0: You didn't like it.
6: I didn't like it at all.
0: You were saying that you didn't even think blacks can make films, right?
6: I didn't say that. I remember you saying that. Yeah. I was there. My, fa- my favorite movie right now is Dear White People by Justin Simeon, who happens to be a, a person of color.
0: I wanted, And that doesn't put down white people?
6: Again, content. It puts down everybody. It takes a shot at every ethnic group in this. Uh, uh, everyone.
0: That's I'm going to a, uh, like a literary Halloween party tonight, and I wanted to... Dressed as Tom Robinson and came on, come in and bust up a chipper row. Now, Earl, is that offensive? Uh, Did you have to look it up? Forgot. And then you it fell could for
6: little, it. It, it can be a little tasteless, but you know, again, if you're doing it in the right context, it could, oh, I will. It in the wrong context, it could be offensive.
0: Yeah, I mean, the only thing that you probably won't like because I'm just wearing the straw hat and I'm wearing the overalls. And then I've got a watermelon and a bucket of fried chicken. (laughs)
6: Now
0: the the watermelon
6: in the KFC would be a little Um, offensive.
0: Here is uh, Dave in Ohio. You're on the Run and show.
3: Yeah. Up yours, Earl.
0: That's it?
8: Oh. Well that's that's just from uh, Blazing Saddles. Sorry oh. about the up
0: yours, Earl. Gotcha. Um uh here's um here's Frankie. Frankie, you're on the run of show.
4: Hey Earl, if I'm gonna go dressed as Bojibi, can I do
9: blackface?
0: Yeah, that seems offensive in hindsight. Uh hey Arch, what's up, buddy?
8: I'm trying to figure out how I can go with the Black Rock Coalition. Like what advice do you have for me, Earl, on doing that?
0: Earl, how does he go out that way?
8: Yeah, you know BRC.
6: You know our, my motto was always "Come as you are." Represent, you know, just be you. You know, just to have, The whole point of the Black Rock Coalition was to be an artist of color and be able to
1: articulate. You have say
0: this? You do you, and
1: I'll do me. And wait a minute, "Come as you are" is a name of a song by a white band.
0: Come as you are, in blackface, with a watermelon, come. Earl, I want you to come to this thing next week, New York's Funniest. I've asked to judge, right? I'm going to be a judge in New York's Funniest con- Comedy Contest. You'll be able to hear it here on Raw Dog on November nine. But when I come in, I want you to yell, You're the to judge. Here comes the judge. Remember who did that, Earl?
6: Uh, was it, I don't think it was Pigmeat Markham.
0: No, it wasn't Pigmeat. It was Sammy Davis. But I can Sammy see how you get those two mixed up. John Fresno.
9: Hey, good morning, boys. How you doing? Yeah. Hey, what if I wanted to do Robert Downey Jr. from uh, Tropic Thunder? Is that distasteful?
0: Is that a problem? You're dressing as a white man who did blackface, Earl.
6: Yeah, that's a, that's a kind of a gray area. I love the performance. I like I the that
0: maybe gray is what we need to be because it's halfway through white and black. Um, Fez, I see you're being quiet about this. You don't mind it as long as it isn't gay people offended.
2: Oh, yeah, exactly. Don't, I wouldn't go dress as gay stereotypes, and I wouldn't even say that, you know, go out and have fun. I'm not going to try to stop you. I would say don't do it. But I'm going to stop you. I'll stop you if I can.
1: Yeah, I can't imagine who give you'd me, stop. Give me that shoe polish.
0: <laughs> um, well, how would you go out as a gay stereotype? Uh, they hanging out your ass? Yeah, yeah that sort of thing. Oh. And a sign that says, help me, I have AIDS. <laughs> what else would you do? <laughs>
1: Covered like in comedy. We should.
0: Why don't you and Chris go out as Adam and Steve? No. Hi, everybody. With the gag ass.
1: I ready to fuck our mouths?
0: <laughs> Joe Buffalo, you're on the run of Fed Show.
8: Hey, how you guys doing? Good. I wanted to talk about um, the stock with the WWE real quick. I was a stockholder, and uh, early on in the spring, it was up around thirty dollars. And then when the network came out, it didn't meet expectations. And basically their television deal was half of what they anticipated. It was supposed to be like a billion dollars and they ended up signing for 500 million. And that's where we got scared. <clears throat> Vince McMahon, I guess, lost like almost $800 million of his own, um, net worth. And, um, I bailed the stock for WWE now is like around $12. And that's where the fear is with the network. It's doing good. I love it. My daughter loves it, but. It's just not recuperating, you know, um, the monetary value of what their stock was, you know. And that's, that's the big problem. Not that the network's bad. It's just they've lost so much money from anticipating what they would make internationally with TV yeah, deals. I, and, and I think, think that this
0: stuff, I think where Fez is confused, is I don't think that has to do with product at all. That's just business people talking business stuff, but the product is fairly the same as it's always been. Yeah, I think the product's
8: good, and like my daughter's eight years old, and she absolutely loves it. We're actually going to see Raw on Monday, so they're they're gaining new fans. There's literally tons of kids when you go to an event.
0: Yeah, I think the kids are there.
8: Side of things, a lot of fear.
0: All right, thanks, man. Peace. Thanks. Uh, here's uh, Aaron in Kentucky. Hey, Aaron. Hey, I was just
9: wondering if Fez
2: ever got his lights back on. Your lights get back on, Fez? No, still no power. I'm hoping to get this taken care of this weekend.
0: Did you uh, go to the gay
2: hotel? No, I just went home late last night.
0: You're going to do the same thing tonight? You go home last second when you're you try to get as tired as you can?
2: Uh-huh. So that I can sleep with the lights out.
0: I'm thinking about going down there and hiding in your place until you come in.
2: I assume somebody's in there anyway, since mm. I can't turn the lights on. Do you try
0: to use your phone as a flashlight?
2: Yeah. And I've set I've set a flashlight up right near the front door so I can try to grab that as soon as I walk in. Smart. And then the then the next few minutes is just going Drinking around off. the apartment. Jerky off Everywhere.
0: Uh, Coming up in just a little bit, it's going to be Unmasked with Dick Cavett. But you can go see Unmasked next week, Pete Holmes, Pete Holmes, all part of the New York comedy festival and we're going to be all over the new york comedy festival next week probably try to get all the comedians we can from new york's finest and by the end of it we'll be able to pick the winner of the 600 million dollar grand prize hopefully
1: we get a piece of that you know I mean, why do we need a piece dude I mean, 600 million that's a lot of money
0: you know what we don't need money you know the best things in life are free yeah, but you can buy some cool, pretty cool shit with money though yeah but think in, in life all the best things are free. Nature, iPads, jet skis, blue diamonds, Gucci handbags, uh, bindles of cocaine. Everything is free if you're fast of hand. If you're fast of hand. I'll go into a fucking diamond store right now and snatch that
1: diamond. We should go throw some bricks through some windows. Earl,
0: I know you like to go your thing, but there's a Sporkle up on the iBang. I played it this morning. Comedians and what year or what's the date they did their Tonight Show uh, debut? I got the shit kicked out of me in it.
1: I thought I was going to do a lot better than I actually did. I assumed I was going to do really well.
0: And I kept saying, saying wrong, wrong, and finally I screamed back, you're wrong. You fucking computer, you son of a bitch. I'll cut your goddamn head off. You son of a bitch, I'll kill you. Um. Hey, let's go over here to uh, Andrew. Andrew, you're on the Run-A-Fest show.
4: Hey, Ronnie B. Uh, I want to ask girl, how come when Billy Crystal did blackface, nobody gave him any shit for that? He
9: did that for a while.
0: But I don't think he did blackface. I think he he played the character correctly. He did it, uh, instead of saying it was a blackface, he did a skin tone thing. The same thing with Armisen when he did Obama. Here's what people get mad at. you uh, You say that you're doing Obama, but you just put shoe polish on your face and then a big red lips, and you stand there with chicken and watermelon. Of course people are going to get mad at you. But were you mad at Billy Crystal, Earl? Um
6: I I always had mixed emotions about it. I always thought I was like because for the I thought he nailed the essence of Sammy.
10: Yeah.
6: And I mean right down to you know, right down to the clothes, the chains, you know, the chains around the neck, everything. Jesus. That's awful they used to do
0: that. You
6: yeah. know, the um but the skin tone thing it was like oh, it always kind of made me a little queasy.
0: Earl, let me explain something to you, and I think you'll feel better. The ink is black and the page is white, and together we learn to read or and write. That's all I'm saying, dude. I'm dog nighting this shit right back in your face.
6: <laughs> I just think you, there's, there's there's smarter ways to do it.
0: Earl, I want you to come in and white face today. And I'm going to be totally cool with it.
6: No, I don't think the white face would go over pretty well. Yeah. In any context.
0: But Earl, even if I did something to offend you, you got to know that you're my African American, right? You're my African American.
6: (laughs) We're, We're buddies for life.
0: That's right. And I'll be your Irish American. Even though I don't think I got nearly as much Irish in me. As you have African. Well, you also, you say you got some Apache in you like most black people, right? Are you shy? You know
6: what, I, I've been meaning to, de- I've been putting it off for, forever. So like, kind of trace it back with, um, I saw pictures of my, my, my father always said there was pictures of my grandmother, my, my great-grandmother.
0: Fucking two, uh, Indians?
6: Oh, hot. No. <laughs> um...
0: You know how you do that, like little swab on your mouth, and you can send it away and find out where you are. I did that stuff, and they wrote back to me that I had Hep C. Oh, And
2: so, I didn't even know they checked for that.
0: No, that, that's what I came up as—100% Hep C. Full-blooded. Now, they, could, they couldn't even get the rest of it in. I guess I learned from this: you can't share a needle unless. You're the first one in the share.
1: It don't double down. When yeah. It goes back around, you know?
0: I always like to say, Earl, you can't die coming in someone else's mouth. That was hey. always my joke. <laughs> Didn't you say that someone in your family stole a white baby, too, Earl?
6: No. There was no baby theft in our family.
0: Not, Why not? that. I, well, not. Oh. Jeff in New Hampshire. What's up, buddy? Yeah.
4: So I have a Viking costume that I'm going as, but I'm going to wear blackface and carry a switch. So I'm going as Adrian Peterson.
0: Is that wrong,
6: Earl?
0: Earl, what do you think of that one?
6: I think you're kind of crossing references here.
0: (laughs) Why he did? It's historical. He did play for the Vikings and he did hit his kid with a switch. He admitted all that.
6: Yeah, the, the, the Minnesota Vikings football team, not the Vi- actual Vikings who roam the earth.
0: No one said that at all. He just said he was dressing as a Viking.
4: Right. Dressing as a Viking.
6: When that, well, if you, well, I think the Adrian Peterson jersey sells it that you're, you're
9: Adrian Peterson.
1: No, but they just think oh. you're an Adrian Peterson who fan. Wants, who wants to wear that
9: jersey? He's a fucking baby hitter.
0: Yeah, but a lot of those babies are mean, you know? Sometimes yeah. they say they got. I say you got to hit some of those kids so they don't join gangs. All right, Earl. I'm going to out wearing a Adrian Peterson jersey, and carrying a switch. No, that's not offensive, right? Um, I'm not going to blackface. You
6: know, tasteless. I know, but you know, if you wear blackface, me
0: tasteless. He's the one who hit his kid with a switch.
6: I'm just saying the costume, not, I mean, the act is, well... Cool. No.
0: <laughs> Earl, we hit our kids down south. How many times will you hear that?
6: Yeah, well, I heard the it, way. <laughs> it's like a friend went and any black person over 40 is saying, like, wait, this is a crime?
0: <laughs> That's true. Um, let's go over here to... Uh, Mark in Virginia. Hey, Mark.
9: Hey, guys. Fez, how are you dealing with your uh, sundowners disorder if you're not going home until after dark?
2: Sundown, your bottle drinker. That's the thing. I wait until after it's dark. I don't have a problem when it's nighttime. I have a problem oh, at dusk when, when it's sunset.
9: Say, so, I'm sorry to cut you. I was going to say that has to be terrifying.
0: It's only at the very moment of sundowners.
2: Uh, Yeah, sunset.
0: And you still get that now?
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, the scary part is going home to a pitch black apartment.
0: Racist. I totally
2: get that. I'm not even going to. I
1: totally understand. And I see that with the fucking flashlight, too.
0: That's racist.
1: This apartment is in blackface right now.
0: Um, Carla Finch is saying, still no power? I'm calling bullshit. If he paid, it should have been
2: resolved by now. It, I, bullshit, fest. It's bullshit. Yeah. Carl's right. Bullshit. They have to come to the building and... Bullshit. 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 I don't like the bullshit chant. They have to come to the building to fix it, to turn the meter back on is what I was told. They have to physically do something to the meter. Why don't you go out and do it then? I don't know what needs to be done. Now, started spinning.
0: Yesterday, you said you were going to go to the gay hotel, right? Yeah. You made the thing. Is We're explaining it. You just yell out, to stop it all, I'll go to the gay hotel. I come in this morning. How was the gay hotel? I didn't go to it. I went home
2: late and slept on the floor.
0: So why didn't you go to the gay hotel?
2: Because I was just here so late, I thought, hey, you know, pal- what's a few hours of... Of going comfort. into the hotel. <laughs> comfort That's light. a few
0: hours of comfort? <laughs> light, showers. Because I know your, your ass isn't showering in the dark.
2: No, I can't. Oh, God. I wouldn't be able to tell if the shampoo's out of my hair.
1: Oh, Chris. Bullshit. He fucking got you good. I get it You've been using vinegar or whatever. The, I use fucking to use. panty is what I use. And my hair's great.
0: People are obsessed with you and your fridge too that if your food went bad oh yeah
2: there's no food in it,
0: no food at all. no, you don't have
2: mayonnaise no, you don't have eggs. no, hate eggs oh okay, but you don't have any food no if if I stock the food up with fri- if I stock the fridge up with food, I'm just going to sit there and eat it until it's gone. That can't be true. When
0: you're at your parents' house, right? Mm hmm. You stay there for the, let's say, Thanksgiving. Yeah. They have food. You're not eating 24 hours a day there.
2: No, but for some reason, like if I buy a box of cereal, if I get a big box of cereal, I would sit there and eat the whole box of cereal.
0: I don't believe you. I'm
2: calling.
1: Bullshit.
0: No. Bullshit! 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 <laughs> you white cracker! Right, Right, Earl? Honky! Oh, that's mean. Get the honky! <laughs> Earl.
9: Honky? What year is this?
0: Uh, yeah. Earl, didn't you say out of all the white people, the Jews were the worst, though, for you because they're landlords?
6: <laughs> no. I love my Jewish brethren.
0: Right, which white people do you hate the most? Polish, <laughs> Italian. <laughs>
6: now, I, don't, I don't know what, ethnic, uh, what ethnicity of the the, sub, the southern, like the, the deep
0: southern,
1: southern man. Better racist dude. Yeah, it's, yeah. gotta be South Af- African. They're white, right? Sort yeah, they of? got
0: that weird accent, but that's not. He's talking about just guys from Alabama and Mississippi. Gotcha. Black guys always act like they hate them, but then when I'm down south, they all seem. Everyone seems to get along. It's a ruse. Yeah, and there goes to the D.C. and he's at those Go Go concerts, and they got both. Uh, look, I got to say hi to my friend Janice in Chicago.
3: Hey, how are you?
0: Well, I'll um, tell you how I am, Janice. I'm a judge, <laughs> and I hope that you start and call me Your Honor. I oh, okay. hope oh, that's Your the way Honor all of Bennington. you refer to me now.
3: <laughs> Your Honor, Benning- Ran Bennington.
0: That's pretty cool, right?
3: Awesome. And I so love Bennington. It is so neat.
0: How do you like the show? Thank you yes, so much. Yes,
3: aw- if I can say it's awesome.
0: Awesome.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, where did I call? I actually called.
0: Well, you, you were asking if Fez... Could get his power turned back on.
2: Can't you do that by phone? Just get Uh, your power turned on? That's what I thought you could do. Pay the bill and say, flip a switch where you're at, Con Ed. By the way... It's the saddest story to
3: think of Fezzy wandering around.
9: Oh, Fezzy.
0: Now, I will say that... Well, you said that you eat all the food in your fridge, right? Yeah. Um... I saw this Queen Elizabeth wrote, We all eat all the food in our fridge, you mo.
2: I, Whoa. That's, oh, that's awful. I see what you're saying, Earl. She's putting on gay face. What's that mean? She's using slurs. But
0: isn't that funny? We do all eat all the food in our fridge. I eat it in one sitting. You fucking mo, is what she wrote. And then you What a right,
2: hideous person she is.
0: He's lying. Electricity is on. Uh, and then Earl. Uh, DJ Famous says, Ew, Chris washes his hair with panties.
1: Pantine. <laughs> it's Pantene. It's a product.
0: Lurch says, Fez, leave your front door open. You'll have plenty of light from the hallway. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Gonna do that? Someone will walk in.
3: Maybe it'll bring something to eat.
0: <laughs> I don't understand it, ma'am. You know, it's always something with you, Fuzzy. You know that. Oh, I mean, your life—disaster, yeah. Your life should be easy. You have what everyone's kind of fantasy is—a single man with money—and yet you live as if you're a fucking refugee.
1: Oh shit, man. There's no reason <laughs> to live the way you're living. Spend a little. Come
0: on. You know you gotta spend a little. Is there a laundry room in the building or something? Why don't you <laughs> fucking go down there and put your head in the basket? You pr- Why you, look, first of all, the fact that you feel like you can't live without electricity, right? Uh huh. How many years old is the this earth?
2: Uh Six billion.
0: Do you know that having electricity in your la- uh, in your house is 120 years tops? Most people who've ever lived went home to a dark house. It's not that big a deal.
3: <laughs> Although I gotta say, it's my favorite modern marvel <laughs> because it sucks when you don't. Oh, have Oh, it's it.
0: amazing. <laughs> you know what I do too? If the power's out, like if there's a storm or something, I keep walking over and hitting the switch it's like fucking crazy how much I'll just keep doing it like oh, fuck the lights out oh yeah that's right I forgot
3: <laughs> it's wild too how quiet you yeah. don't realize everything could be off
0: I don't like the, the quiet the
3: powers go in there it yeah. really makes a lot of sounds you don't realize they're there when it's completely quiet yeah
0: oh, it's so quiet it's so quiet in my apartment I can hear my neighbors being choked and raped <laughs> And then I realized that I was in their apartment. (laughs) Sometimes I like to go into my neighbor's apartment and say to them, I just want to see what you got. Show it off.
9: Oh, I like this.
0: Yeah, this is nice. Maybe I'll take this home for myself. I have the perfect
6: spot for that. (laughs)
0: All right, we got to go to break here. Love you, Janice. I love you, guys. Thanks. Uh, Love you, Earl. (laughs) Buddies. Hi, Earl.
6: Buddies, Buddies, can I do a quick plug?
0: I wish you would, Earl.
6: Actually, two quick plugs. Um, BRC presents Blunt Force Trauma at Littlefield in Brooklyn on November 21st. It's going to feature the band The Dust Rays, which features two members of The Roots, Year of the Dragon and Militia Vox. It's um, November twenty first at Littlefield in Brooklyn. And,
0: I want to go to that uh, other show. Plug, I'm sorry. God, give us keep plugging away, Earl.
6: Uh, second plug. Uh, latest issue of Praxis is out now, and it's available now through Blurb.com.
0: Oh, this is your new book.
6: Uh, it's you know, it's more like a more like lit journal, photo journal, more than a book book. It's only it's only like ten bucks. <laughs> But it's out now through blurb.com. Uh This issue looks at um, something we've always talked about, like all these great New York City streets that were very culturally important have kind of gone because of gentrification. And I look at a couple of the streets.
0: Mm. Which
6: street are
0: you looking at? 72nd? Uh, 52nd Street, uh, West 8th. Oh,
6: 52nd Street! And... um. Oh, and uh, you hear a uh, Smith's
0: bar closed. Is that right?
6: Yeah, it closed yesterday.
0: God damn, all the dives are gone. Subway Inn's still open somehow. That's supposedly closing.
1: Yeah, they're they're in a fight to stay open, yeah. No, uh, Subway Jesus. Inn is moving up the street, they're moving up to Second Avenue.
0: Yeah, but they won't have the same sign and not, that's not Subway you know, In. Bogart used to drink there. Bogart so used to get fucked up there. <laughs>
6: I think DiMaggio and Marilyn had a date there.
0: Yeah, they said that DiMaggio pounded her in the ass in one of the booths. Oh, so funny! The guy told me that. He was like this. Said, the booth you're sitting in right now, they had anal. DiMaggio had anal right there. You sure it wasn't just a pussy? No, he thought it was, but he was sitting too far back in the booth. Hot. Earl, like you said, it's fucking over, dude. The white man is one.
6: No, no, no money one.
0: Earl, next time you get up at BRC, stand up there and say, "Let's kill the white people while they sleep." No, you wouldn't no, be wrong if you I did. Riot. Dude. You wouldn't be wrong if you did. Call for another zoot suit riot.
6: I don't know that bad. I, mean, I'm not, I don't think I'm riot material, but.
0: Um, all right, we got a break here. Uh next week, Pete Holmes on mass. Go to the Interbank for that. We'll be right back. Thank you, Earl. It's the Ron and Fez show. Thank you, buddies. Ron and Fez on Raw Dog. Raw Dog. Nice. Ron and Fez Show! Next week is the New York Comedy Festival, and we're gonna be smack dab right in the middle of it. Tell people what we're going to be up to, Fezzy.
2: Unmasked next Thursday at Caroline's on Broadway with the very funny Pete Holmes. So you can be at Caroline's next Thursday at 11 a.m., part of the New York Comedy Festival. Unmasked with Pete Holmes. Go to the Bang to see how you can be part of the audience there at Caroline's. And then also, it's New York's funniest. The stand-up finals at Caroline's on Broadway as part of the New York Comedy Festival. That features 11 comedians, including Adam newman joe list dave smith emma willman kevin iso lisa Traeger, mateo lane mike cannon mike racine ricky velez and tommy pope that's going to be at caroline's you can you can be there on saturday november 8th at 4 p.m to watch the finals in person or you can tune into raw dog comedy hits 99 the very next day sunday the 9th at 7 p.m to hear the finals all part of the new york comedy festival
0: As a judge for that, I've decided a whole different direction I'm going in. I'm going to judge by height.
1: Not by their acts or what they're saying on stage?
0: Anybody can have an act, my friend. But height, that's interesting. Well, they give it to Yao Ming then. If he's there, Yao Ming is a winner. If he goes up first, I'll just simply say this. Why go on anymore? Let's just call it. Yao Ming, you are New York's funniest.
1: And Shaq's just going his comedy tour by himself, isn't anyone else? Well, unless Yao Ming came okay. out. Yeah, then, well, Shaq's fucking opening then. Then Shaq is walking away
0: real sad. Did you get some of the holiday treats?
1: Uh, no, I did not. Kelly, Big Easy's going to, uh, procure some.
0: No, is there no candy?
1: I didn't see any candy, but the but candy should be a part of it. It is Halloween. I saw no sweet treats up there. That doesn't make sense. I want some Jolly Ranchers. Where's the Condi at? Condi. Condi. It's fun to say Condi like that. (laughs) Condi.
0: Well, it's time to talk about Halloween film and fun and mirth. And there's only one person to do that with, Paulo whose life's a movie. From the legendary Warner Fez Studios in a predominantly white neighborhood, Warner Fez
8: presents Showtime with the Polo. Hey, Polo, you life's
0: a movie. Polo, you life's a movie. How are you? Great, Paul. How are you? Life's a movie.
9: I'm uh, putting my affairs in order, so other than
0: that. How many you people like you that. having affairs with right now?
9: I'm not having an affairs. I'm actually continuing a good relationship with my ex, but I'm putting my affairs in order. Not, I'm not having an affairs. Um. So, I, did I lose you?
0: No, we're right here.
9: Okay, fine. well, I, and obviously I, I, I'm going to be probably thrown out of the mansion in the next couple of weeks. am I figured I'd call, you know, and say hello. And you know, because Ron, you're probably the only one who knows how long I've been involved with the show. And so I, I kind of feel like I'm coming to an end to a certain degree. So I figured I, I should at least put out a, uh, you know a wave goodbye, so to speak, because I don't know what's going to happen to me.
0: So what do you think is going to happen, Paul?
9: Well, okay, I mean, my plan is hopefully to conserve funds. I'm probably going to live in my car for a while because, you know, I I do have a job and everything else, but I mean, I'm working hard, I'm writing, I'm trying to do a lot of things. I just, uh, you know, I just don't have a very good feeling that I I can last much longer, that's all.
0: Is the writing a job or a pastime?
9: It's it's a job. I, it's not the job that I. I'm, I mean, I work at a job where I can do some writing, but th- that is something that I'm setting my goals on. It. A problem is is it's me and my partner. We're just two small guys. We work with big producers, but you know we're not getting the proper respect overall. Having worked with them the last couple of years, and so you know, has it,
0: anyone has ever been, paid you for your writing, Paul?
9: Um. Uh, I, I yeah, from time to time, but not the scripts so far. We're just trying to get these things done. No, we're not. We haven't been paid, even though we've written a number of scripts for producers. Right, which is not the way things are supposed to be done. But this is the way things happen. Mm. They're spec scripts, of course.
0: So you're writing spec scripts for people,
9: right? Right, and uh, we have something up on the blacklist. We had that sitcom project, so we have a lot of things going on. I'm just I'm putting all my eggs in one basket, so to speak.
0: Why don't you uh, spread your eggs around a couple different baskets?
9: Well, I wish I could. I mean, I'm working hard. I'm thinking of some other options. But right now, I'm dealing with this issue of putting my affairs in order for right now. And then we'll go from there. Mm
10: -hmm.
9: I mean, in the meantime, I am getting interested in the Oscar season. You know, by December, all the lists will be coming out. So I definitely will be looking at all. I mean, to me, Birdman is the movie of the year.
0: I've seen Birdman. Chris, you've
1: seen Birdman, right? Yeah. yeah, I saw it, yeah. Do you agree with movie of the year? Uh, it's my favorite movie of the year so far, but there's still Inherent Vice is supposed to come out. There's still, there's still two months of movies to come out.
9: Absolutely. There's no question that there's, you know, this is we still have two months or more to, to make decisions, but I just can't see anything beating at this point. And I mean, Inherent Vice is, I'm dying to see Inherent Vice. I can't, can't, absolutely can't wait to see that.
1: Personally, I think I like Boyhood better than um, Birdman. I haven't seen Boyhood yet. I have it on my computer. I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> oh, I'm so disgusted.
9: I like Boyhood as a concept. And mm-hmm. the, the thing is that, you know, Linkletter, Richard Linkletter, is a little bit of a slacker in, in the way he approach. I mean, the, the tour de force that is Birdman is a totally, it couldn't be a, a more different film than Boyhood. They're just polar opposites in, in, in every way and approach.
0: So you loved Birdman? Chris, did you? Yeah, I loved Birdman. Yeah, I loved it. I don't think I loved it. I liked. think I liked it. I thought it was bizarre. There were one of the two things that disconnected me. Was a couple of the performances. Uh but overall I thought it was good and interesting and a and a real cha- you know, really chancy. I don't know if it came through for me though.
9: Well, part of the problem is it's not an Oscar-type movie, because if it, if it is anything, it's a comedy. I mean, and, you know, Oscar doesn't like comedy.
0: Did you laugh?
9: Yeah, I laugh, but, I, I mean, it's clearly dark and disturbed, and, and the whole, it's not a, it's not like a, a laugh-out-loud comedy. It's not designed to be a comedy. But so it's, it's a
0: enjoying. laugh inside. Yeah, I, I think, think if you're not you know. laughing, I wouldn't call it a comedy.
9: I uh, I generally don't laugh at any of the comedies that come out anymore.
0: mm
1: Wow, jaded!
0: <laughs> are you writing comedies with your partner?
9: i, I but unfortunately, I tend to not write comedies because I find it comedy is hard, even though he and he's done a lot of the, the we work in partnerships and we work separately, and I don't think he has the funny bone, and so I will say, "Oh no, you need to put this in, and you need to put that in, and he doesn't always do that. Um, so, you know, but I... I
0: I'll say, I you need it. to put this in. He goes, no, I'm taking that out. I'm putting this in. And i go, well, what about this? He goes, I already told exactly. you I was doing that.
9: I had a whole closet
0: full of this
9: that I wanted to put in. And he said, no, it's because he get worried about structure and format and all of that. And then sometimes funny doesn't fit in the... you know. In
0: Does the he sell floor.
9: anything? We are... As I say, act, we, the producers that we work with are always, I mean, to one extent, you could say we're being used. That's definitely true. Because we're just little peons, little cods at this level. We really should have proper representation, which we don't have.
0: Who would represent you? You guys don't even live in L.A. Oh,
9: yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of creative people who live all over the place now. I mean,
0: Name one. Uh,
9: Name one. I mean, it's people in. The, well, I mean, obviously, the more successful you are, but uh, there are many film directors and writer directors that work out of Texas, or they work out of uh, New York, or they work out of. Uh,
1: yeah, you know, but Florida. they make I mean, things. Bang Brothers are outside out of Florida. <laughs> I think they're in Miami. True. Still on Oh yeah, bangbros.com. Bros. <laughs> the Big Easy get I'm, himself some za. He did. And I, I've, I've heard reports that there is candy up there. I'm uh-huh. sending him up there to find it and bring some down for us. Who are you hearing the reports from? <laughs> Sam Roberts. He sent me a text. There's Wait. totally candy up there. So he's on a mission. A candy mission. Candy. <laughs> Get some candy. Big Easy.
0: Candy. You're a fan girl.
2: Leslie Coffin has put up on the iBang. It's Ooh, a Coffin. Scary name. So this is the latest edition, Volume 7 of Add It to Your Queue. This is alter- alternate-, alternate horror for Halloween.
0: Let's stop reading it and just let's start a conversation. It's up on the iBang. And this is horror films that are considered the big famous horror films, right? Yeah. Do you have one... Like that,
1: Chris, that doesn't fall into the Hitchcock, the Kubrick's... I got one that came out this year. It was a tiny little horror-slash-sci-fi film called Coherence. It was like in and out theaters, only a couple theaters, and it is a scary film, if you watch it. What's the name of it? Coherence. Did you see this, Paulo?
9: Yeah, I mean, the fact is is that there are so many small independent horror films being made. And I mean, even the big ones like Ouija opened at number one, and it got slammed by the critics. But you know what? It was a nice, perfectly enjoyable and scary horror film with teenagers. And, you you know, we used to get a lot of those in
0: the 80s. You know, this is the weird thing about horror films. It may be the only genre that you can really miss bad and yet still hit enough there to meet the criteria of what it takes to work for your audience. Look at Paranormal Activity.
1: Perfect example. Awful movies. (laughs) This is really, really bad.
0: And yet there's some people who are like, I can't wait for the next Paranormal
1: Activity. There's like six of them. Saw. All the acting's bad. They're bad movies. There's like eight of them.
0: Uh, When I heard, uh, what's his name, Jermaine Lassiere talking about Saw the other day, as if it's a good thing, I'm like I'm really lost out, dude. Like I'll get you somewhat on fighting for Chris Dolan and
1: Batman. Yeah. But Saw? No, they they're just they're bad movies. I've rewatched them and they're just like wow.
9: Yeah, Saw is re released in theaters this week. I mean, because obviously that it's they always release a saw in Halloween or something or something like it, but they're re releasing the original saw.
0: Make sure you saw it.
1: Saw yeah. Gimme another one of these movies, Chris. Here's another one. Uh, the host. That was a Korean film. I yeah. remember that. Yeah, it was uh with, it was it was it was it was huge in Korea. It was like one of the top grossing movies ever there. And the director is very heralded. But that's—it's like a monster. That's more of a monster film, and it's a foreign film. But people love it.
0: I like a good—I I like the idea of a monster better than
1: a slasher. I just don't get why you want to watch a slasher film. people—people so people love them. People just love—they want—they like, love like a maniac, like some guy who's like lost his mind. He's
0: just, a maniac, maniac. What are we hearing on the Condi?
1: He's not returned yet.
0: If he comes back with a bag of circus peanuts, I'm going to call him a rock star. Coming up in just a half hour, it's the Dick Cavett Unmasked. Uh, He's got a new book out, Brief Encounters, Conversations, Magic Moments, and Assorted Hijinks, Dick Cavett, uh, in a half hour, and then, of course,
1: throughout the weekend. And then next is Sunshine. Hey, Paulo. Yes.
0: Uh, you sound better now than when you first called.
9: Well, I I, I honestly put my uh, life in the hands of Jesus every day, so I have to go along with whatever. Whatever is happening, it's it's his decision. I mean, it's not mine. So I, I really can't do anything but just do the best I can under certain circumstances.
0: Jesus wants you to work and get a real job and pay your bills. <laughs> True, that would be a
9: good. Well, I mean, right but see, now. see, then I,
0: you I, wouldn't w- have to worry about living in your car. I knew you for years, Polo. You worked. You had a couple of houses. Yes. You didn't need a thing.
9: Right. It, it, I I always worked hard. I dealt with all the problems, but unfortunately, uh, because of my bad luck with a certain person over the years, you know, she put me in a in huge debt, and you know, I'm.
0: I remember telling you when it was happening.
9: Yeah, I know, I know. But nonetheless, um so I'm still sort of dealing with all of that. That's the Well you problem. go bankrupt. You, I, well, because I don't know how that works, but I'm paying off a tax debt as much and I don't think you can bankrupt uh, you can go bankrupt with the uh,
0: tax stuff. Well, yeah, you probably can't. Uncle Sugar yeah. wants his money.
9: As a matter of fact, I I do know if it was over ten thousand you can usually get some forgiveness, but I think I've already paid it down because when I sold my house, I took a huge loss, and that knocked it down. So, you know, now I have less than ten so They probably won't give me any forgiveness. But nonetheless, I I try to keep a cheery face. You know, I, I mean, I'm certainly not going to kill myself, though I know how I would do it if I was going to
8: do it.
0: Uh, here's uh, James You're on the Run and Fez show. Hey. Yeah. Oh? What's up?
4: I was just calling, I used to work for a utility company, and I don't think Fez is uh, being honest with you guys. Why is that? Well, uh, according to New York state law, they have to have his power back on in 24
0: hours. You know, I was thinking the same thing, because like, what if he had little babies in there?
2: Or what well, if this was the winter? Off. They can't do that. They told can, me legally. They told me on the phone they would be out there in the next 24 hours. They had told me originally it would be 8 a.m. the next morning. I said, that's fine. It, it got to be past ten o'clock. I left, and I haven't heard from them since. And I have to call them and see when they're showing. up. They just give me this ambiguous in the next day.
4: Well, yeah, you have to have your utility breaker, your circuit breakers off, and they have to have access to your meter. And if they don't do it within twenty four hours, you can call.
0: I just the got one fistful here. of candy. And what are we looking at here?
1: We got some Snickers we got some Butterfingers, looks like some Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. There's six pieces of candy. You have pockets, Big Easy, for the love of God. It should have taken seven texts to get a handful of candy.
0: I don't know what happens with this team, but it's actually, um, I know there's a new candy out called the Butterfinger Cup. Have you heard about this? No, I haven't. Yeah. Well, you can't even read off that thing without it being a struggle. But the Butterfinger cup uh, takes the Reese's cup, but inside it's Butterfinger.
1: That's interesting. Yeah, Uh, real interesting. I like a Butterfinger.
0: Brian, Strong Island. Brian, go ahead, buddy. Ronnie,
3: how you doing? Good. Great show this morning.
0: It really was, wasn't it?
3: It was good. Uh, I've got a question. Why does Fez always go negative? Um, I have a feeling he doesn't watch stuff, uh, so he doesn't have to comment on the show. And then when there's a great article about gays taking over the world, no mention of it. The CEO of Apple came out as gay. And not a peep from Fez.
2: I thought that was a wonderful thing. He wrote the essay on Bloomberg Businessweek. It
3: would have been great if you mentioned it.
2: You see what he's saying. Well, if,
3: he was, if he was getting beat up, you would have been leading
0: with it.
2: Yeah, I, I'm sorry, I just didn't bring it up.
0: You should bring it up. But, is what he's saying. It's, it's a right. good
2: thing. It's a positive thing. Everybody's it's a wonderful things. thing.
0: It's wonderful. Is, but nobody would have heard he it without you. Up, you would have
3: You wouldn't have brought it up. You, you didn't bring it up. If he got beat up, you would have been crying and screaming that he was gay.
4: You see, my point. Yeah, I fucked
3: when up. I'm, I'm sorry. To come on, yeah. I'm just, you know, I think you need to live your life a little more positive, and things will start to change. Stop.
0: They wouldn't. now, I football, don't
3: know. You don't watch it, and then you'll be able to talk about football.
0: You're not going to believe this, but Fez is crying right now. You got him crying.
2: I don't mean to make him cry. I'm just, I'm just. Why are you I'm crying, Fez? a little different. Because if I bring up gay stuff, people get upset. If I don't bring up gay stuff, people get upset. Um, they well, want, I don't, they don't know what to fucking do story. It's a happy story it's a happy,
0: we story, a
9: happy story We want a happy story
3: I think Paul knows what I'm talking about Just if you If you participate In life you'll have stuff to talk about That's why you were so good that week Because you were out Paul had you out and you were talking But if you're sitting here in, your in the dark You
9: have nothing to talk about we embrace the happy stories. That's what we look
2: for. The Tim Cook story is very happy. It's very exciting. Why didn't you bring it up? I didn't think to. Because it's if I bring up gay stuff, people get upset. What people? The listeners. And I don't bring up gay stuff, so this guy gets upset.
3: I'm not upset. Well, you That's can... not what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say that if you start to participate in life... I got
2: called the to mo, mo today, to today on Twitter. The
3: show. I thought you were off Twitter.
2: Mo, I think, was short sure from for MOOC. I don't think, I think so. It,
9: I think that Apple computer is a hell of a computer and a hell of an iPhone and all of that. And it's got a CEO and he's he's a great guy and isn't it a wonderful story? I mean, you know, we could... But we could here's sort of, the
0: thing. What happened to Steve Jobs? Was he murdered by a gay guy? <laughs> I think
7: so.
3: I, I wasn't trying to make it a gay story. I was just trying to point out a point that if, if something bad... Fez is all over it. Otherwise, he doesn't watch football. The true detective, he never watched it. So he didn't have to participate in the show because he didn't know about it.
2: I'm not watching football over a positive gay story. The gay player who made it into the NFL.
3: You're not watching football so you don't have to talk about it. That's why you're not watching.
0: See, there's no answer that's going to satisfy you, so fuck fuck it. it. Is that why Uh,
2: you're not watching football, Fez? No, I said on the air. I'm not going to watch football until that's Michael Sam's away. legitimately on a team. Stuff is. Okay,
3: disgusting. why did you watch True Detective when the guys would talk about it every
2: week? What? I tried what's watching it. I couldn't get into it. I couldn't understand a word Matthew McConaughey was saying. But
0: you know, that's what your show was going to be about. It's show prep. You know what I mean?
9: You see, every show that I watch, I can identify with those characters. There's something that I can identify. That human human quality and the existential angst that Rusty Cole would speak through in every episode. I was just riveted.
0: And that's what you go through all the time, Fez.
9: I go through it. I go through existential angst every day.
2: I go through the nutty in my head talk, I know that.
9: I and that was Rusty Cole, was it uh, this is a guy who would not talk to other people. Why? Because he knew they they wouldn't get it. So why even try to deal with other people?
0: Hmm. Say, Fez?
2: Yeah. Yeah, what? Why try with other people?
9: I mean, Rusty Cole, Matthew McConaughey, he is really smart, and he knew everything, but He knew he couldn't relate to other people.
0: Here's Jim in North Carolina. Ron. Yes, sir.
9: I got an idea. So,
4: why don't Fezzi, bring Paulo up from Florida, hire him as his manservant. He can draw his bathwater every day and uh, pay all his bills on time and occasionally put a new centerpiece on the table.
9: I I can work on those skills. I'm actually watching Downton Abbey now to improve my uh, manservant
2: skills. Yeah. I'm not having Polo up to my place again. It's not happening.
0: The electric oh, would still be on in your apartment.
2: I'd rather sit in the dark than have Polo in there in the light.
0: <laughs> but you would have somebody to help pre- help you prep for work, bring up all the shows.
2: There should be a virtual Polo does to not want, to, want to help me. He just wants to get money out of me.
9: I just That's been proven. Money. I want all his money. All I can do Thank you for finally you admitting it. it. It'd be great.
0: Fez, maybe if he gets some of that money out of your wallet, and into the power company,
2: the power company's been paid. They just haven't turned it back on yet.
0: Paulo would make sure that they did.
2: He could be at the house waiting for them. Yeah, I would be. I'm what they
9: call a fixer.
2: You need a fixer, dude. You just said you're being put out of your mansion. How are you a fixer?
9: Well, because I, I don't have the proper employer. If I had the right employer. Who would would take care of me, I'd take care of him. Let me say this to
0: you. You move in with Fez, and there'll be time for you to do your writing. If you sell a script, would you give Fez half your profits?
9: I'll tell you what. If I feel that he cares enough to take care of me, I'll take care of him
2: fuzzy No it's he's on lying. the line No I Have it's not, not a on contract. The line. No he's lying He just if he comes up here he's just going to bore ass me for money He tries to play nice to make all the listeners hate me acting like he has my best interests at heart Go get the money from that con man partner of yours that you somehow had 10 grand to throw his way
9: Because we're two little guys, I'm trying to make- You have all the money
2: in the world when it comes to him, but then you call this show and act like I'm the bad guy for not giving you 10 grand myself. Here's the thing. I'm not doing it.
9: I have done this show for a long time, more than any listeners out there would likely know. And I've done it out of love and support and loyalty. I've never been paid the big bucks that you've been paid. That's all I'm saying. I've never been paid. You've been paid very well, and you are always uh, want everybody to feel sorry for me, for you, but
2: you don't feel sorry I for me. I haven't asked anyone to feel sorry for me. You don't feel sorry for
9: me, as you said. I mean, I understand. I understand. That's why I'm making, uh, you know, I'm doing the best I can on my own, because I have no one in my life that no one.
2: And then have this family. guy that you hand thousands of dollars to. Yes, he's a Go friend. live with <laughs> him.
0: What are you guys
2: deciding? I'm deciding no. Final answer.
9: I do, I'm always, always easy to get along with. I'm not trying to cause any trouble. Fez
2: That's exactly what has- you're doing. That's all you do no, is you is you come you on here and say, any- oh, I just want to help Fez. Oh, I don't want to cause any trouble. You send nasty emails behind my back, and then when, <laughs> then you get mad at me because I'm not writing you blank checks. Forget it. Well, you don't write me. I've never You write can't me. write a blank check. Very
9: simple. You... <laughs> don't think you need any help, but everybody, I, I always hear that you need help. I mean, you always say you do Your electricity
0: is turned
2: off, Fez.
9: I always hear you need help, and you always say you don't need help.
2: I don't need your help. You're not offering right. help.
9: It's me, right. I guess you don't need anybody's help is what you really mean. Because, in fact, Fez, the way you handle your job is to try and stay out of trouble, and I agree. And when I come on the air, naturally I call attention to you. Because I hear it all the time, and I don't even want to call attention to you. I oh, want to help. Please. You, you want to fight with me. This is how I'm you try to, to stay
2: relevant. This is how you try to stay on the air.
9: I don't want to. I mean, in, in fact, that's not what I was trying to do. I don't want to stay relevant because I know I'm, I'm on the way out. I know I'm making plans. I'm putting my affairs in order because I realize that. Don't like,
0: say that, Paul.
9: As you know, fucked me over. I'm not. I'm not even bitching about it. I know it. I'm. I'm not even worried about it anymore. You. You should be putting your affairs in order because you have huge health problems. But I don't think you can think in terms of that anymore. I just think you're in terms of just making sure you go to the doctor every day, and that's your main concern. And I can even understand that. I'm not your enemy. So- that's the problem. But you make me my, your enemy.
0: Are you guys going to move in together? No. Fix each other a little bit? Two halves? Make a hole? He needs a job? You need somebody to look after you?
2: I don't need him. He- he's not here to look after me.
0: Can I just well, ask then- this? If you move in with him, even if it's just for this winter, would you be willing to shave him in the morning? Yes, of course. You'll have somebody to shave
2: you. I don't want him shaving me. He'll slit my throat and try to take my ah. bank account.
0: That <laughs> sounds like something that an old white grandmother would say. <laughs> Do, by the way, when he put the yin and the yang up, did that hurt you?
2: I can't look at bl- black and white stuff, that contrast. It makes me... Look there, though, but look. I don't know it's what... Stop, doing stop. It gives me vertigo, and I don't even understand why it makes me nauseous. We're up high. Oh, God, it gives me like a crazy splitting headache. Let's
0: do this. What's the minimal you would want Paul to come up for? Because he's being pushed out of his apartment. If he can stay with you until he has a place and you can pay him just enough to make a good living, you know what I mean?
2: None and of that I is know. happening. He's, not, he's getting zero days, zero dollars from me. Could well, you do stipend. Well, first it till all, Fez, you're, how,
9: you're, long have, how long that. have we known each other, Fez? How long? Two years,
2: I think. It's oh, than that. well, this
9: is interesting. Two years. We know each other two years. Is that what you're saying? Is, now that
2: I've learned the real you. Yeah. Oh. So
0: you're
2: this saying, is like, moving in,
0: it'll be like driving Miss Crazy. <laughs> you're saying I was a different person...
9: Three years ago than I was two years ago, is what you're saying. So you knew a different Paul.
2: I'm saying go run your con somewhere else. Or go to the con man that you work with. Listen, the fact is, will
9: you do one thing for me? Will you pay for my funeral so you can dance on my grave?
0: Don't
2: do that. That's disgusting. Wow.
0: To dance on a man's grave? That's what he
4: said
9: the last time we talked.
2: That would be the one that would be the one investment worth it.
9: Yes, I understand. You see, the point is is that everybody says
2: at least I get returns on that polo investment.
9: Look, I understand why you're angry because I when I show up, oh, I'm calling attention to Fez. I'm not trying to. I mean, I'm really not, but the fact is that you've called attention to yourself for years now and I wanted to help you. You don't understand. No, you that didn't. You I believe that at first you don't. No, because you think You you realize you have gotten rich Yeah, the sitcom
2: later. guy, Fez You should finance a sitcom Yeah
9: I didn't say finance I said help me Try and help me get You know Help him get, them get a sitcom
0: in. This is a okay. way for you to Get your creativity out there, Fez
2: I wouldn't want to introduce them to anyone I knew or didn't know well, I, I,
9: I will blame Jay Moore for not calling me back. I will blame him.
2: <laughs> Jay's a very busy
0: man, and he's a very, very successful man.
9: I understand. He got the I script,
0: think... and maybe he just felt like it didn't work for him.
9: I understand. I just thought it was, you know, he could be a producer and be great. But nonetheless, you know, Fez, You should I go really... live with
2: him and ask him for money.
9: No, the point is, Fez, is that you think I, you know... I am been doing the show, I'm not even going to say the number of years. It's more than anybody probably realizes. And you say you only know me for two years, but you really know me for a very, very long time.
2: Uh,
0: that's, to me, that has this, nothing to do with it. Where is this going? Are you going to at least invite him up until he finds a place?
2: No, I'm not. I don't want anything to do with him. Because I call attention to Feds. If I'm
9: on the air... It Fez is going to be in the spotlight. Can
0: I just say right. something though, Fez since he called in today? Most you've done the air all week. He gets
2: you going. He gets me. He gets me into a point where I'm angry and I'm not supposed to get this pissed. Yeah, you shouldn't get pissed. You should just say,
0: Paul, come on up. Let's stay for a while. See how it works. You know what I mean? Right. See if some of these I'll groups do, sell. I'll do
2: anything. They're not going to sell their shit.
9: If you want to ride me piggyback down the street, I'll do that.
0: Do it. You'd have
2: somebody to ride piggyback. Sounds you're, yeah, it's only fair you're trying to do it to me financially. <laughs> See, that's a good one, Fed. That's
9: a
0: good one.
2: Hmm.
0: Well, Fez, I thought you were gonna set up the Leslie thing, that turned into a lock, but here you are improvising. And I think that's kind of um I think that's kinda of good. Mike in Boston, you're on the run of Fez show.
9: Fez, you're full of fucking shit. You just said you no know one you don't feel sorry for yourself. You don't
3: feel bad for yourself. When just a couple of months ago, you're screaming on air. Don't let them do this to us, Ronnie.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. I remember that. You're basically saying the same thing that Paul was
2: saying. I never said I wasn't feeling sorry for myself. I, I said I'm not, not telling other sense. people to feel sorry for me. I never said no. I didn't feel sorry for myself. I didn't say I was not depressed
9: don't let them
0: do this to me, Fez. Why do you feel? Why do you feel sorry for yourself, Fez? Uh,
2: because I mean, I, to me, that's what uh, a depression is, where you get into uh, a thing where you don't feel anything's ever going to go right.
0: Well, this has been going right. You got maybe a new uh, roommate.
2: Not in Palo. I don't. A
0: Fixer, a fixer.
2: You know what? You're a breaker.
9: If I no. If I Ask if your if first power, wife. What what is the name of this the power company? Can we say the name of the power company?
2: Uh it's Con Ed.
9: Con, Con Air? Con Ed.
2: Yeah, it's Con Air. Uh, I get my power from a Nicolas Cage movie. <laughs> <laughs> idiot.
0: I like, Seriously, that That's was the like best fucking right, like thing you've said in a long time. <laughs>
9: Yeah, it's been a long time since I lived in New York. But all right, so I'll go to this, I'll go to this Ed guy,
0: and I'll straighten him out. Wow, this is amazing news! I got a spy report. Uh, Magic City, our favorite show, will get the proper ending with a feature film Wow a feature film Mitch Glazer is uh, got Jeffrey Dean Morgan Danny Houston Kelly Lynch Bruce Willis what <laughs> and Bill Murray Whoa. Wow
9: what
0: that's huge. Those um, sets
9: are amazing too. I mean, they're gonna have to rebuild them, or
0: they still got them. That you'll have to read on the iBang once we get it put up. Um, right, we got to get uh, uh, moving um, and grooving. Uh, hi, you're on the Running Feds show. Hi, you Who
2: who's this? Check wagon. Are you gonna? See, you think everybody fucking knows you? You're an asshole friend of the other asshole who's on the line, Paul the
9: greatest, He is the greatest guy in the world, Chuck Wagon. I'm not even going to say how. Then great he go is live
2: the with him.
9: Hi, Paul Lowe. I think our plane is working. <laughs> we, we have just so oh, long running to drive him insane, right? Let's,
2: <laughs> Why would you no, think seriously. that's funny, Paul?
9: No, seriously. It just honestly, proves
2: what I've been saying all along. Polo's not a nice person. He does not have no, my best interests at heart.
9: Chuck Wagon is honestly one of the nicest guys in the world, and he loves Fez. But honestly, Ted The
2: Food Network found out he was a scumbag.
9: Away. He pushes people away. That's the problem. Anybody who really likes him gets too close to him. And Chuck Wagon is a perfect
2: example, pushes him away. I never, I was never close uh, to Chuck Wagon. He used to go running with him every Thanksgiving. I That's met good. him one year at Thanksgiving at a very public 5K race. And the asshole turns into some sort of weirdo stalker like Paul Lowe did.
9: Now, well, five... as a matter of fact, Chuck Wagon had something really good happen to him, but I'm not even going to say what it is.
0: Because already gave now... it away.
2: Uh, now, 5K race, is that 5,000? It's 5,000 meters. Mm. I thought it
0: was $5,000. Like the prize at the end of it. All right, we got to get going. Dick Cavett Unmasked is coming up next and your chance for Pete Holmes tickets, go to the iBank for that. It's all part of the New York Comedy Festival. The New York Comedy Festival is next week and we'll be talking about that quite a bit next week, and hopefully we'll have all the comedians here from New York's Funniest.
2: New York's Funniest, that's going to be on Raw Dog Comedy Hits, Sunday, November 9th. That's when they're going to air the finals at 7 p.m. Eastern. If you want to be at Caroline's for the finals when they take the special, it, that is the day before, Saturday, November 8th at 4 p.m. at Caroline's on Broadway. And next Thursday is the Pete Holmes at 11 a.m. at Caroline's for Unmask. all part of the New York Comedy Festival. Go to theinterrobang.com. All
0: right. Uh, we are uh, off... Uh, enjoy Unmasked en with the one and only Dick Cabot.
10: Ron and Venice on Raw Dog Comedy Hits, Channel 99. <laughs> <laughs> Here's your special guest, today, Dick Cavett, and your host, with the uh, one and only
2: Dick Right there for Woo-hoo!
0: Dick Cavett. Oh, that's
7: that's the note I was looking for. <laughs> Who do they think it is?
1: Well,
0: I think that was the exact opposite of spontaneous. Whatever you had them do. Yeah. yeah. I,
7: I, it's called goosing an audience. It's
0: goosing them a little bit.
7: Yeah. I, that's, that's what Nancy Reagan always called it. Anyway, <laughs> does my hair look right?
0: You look fantastic, no, sir.
7: Okay. Assuming it is my hair. <laughs>
0: Uh, you actually were saying to me as we were walking down the hall, I've never heard this from a, a guest before, Uh-oh. you don't have censorship problems of any kind to you. I, so I have no idea what you were going to talk about today.
7: Do you realize what a quick laugh I could get right <laughs> now? <laughs> Thank you for the straight line. No, uh, I'll, I'll be the judge of whether it's suitable for the sort of people who would follow you? Or, 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 yeah.
0: Well, we, you've got. Are
7: we, are we on now, yes, by the way? Yes. Oh, so I can say shit. Oh, see, oh,
0: That's what I was worried about.
7: I'm sorry. So
0: you, you had to deal with a lot of censorship in your life. Um, I hate
7: it in all yeah. forms. Um, I don't see why anybody else should decide what somebody else is going to hear. If you don't like the tone, you can go elsewhere. I I loved, in a way, getting stimulated by fan hate mail. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shall I tell you my favorite one? I've forgotten this. Sure. Uh, maybe I told it you before. I'm not no. sure. Um, my first year, uh, less than a year on, I think it was a daytime show in the morning, and my very nice secretary, as they say in England, decided not to show me certain things I learned. <laughs> so... I saw her kind of putting something away, and I said, i got to see it, Doris. Hate mail? And she said, well, mm-hmm. it was from Waco, Texas. That part wouldn't be surprising, <laughs> and uh, I think it's hate mail capital of the world for a time. <laughs> I used to get from there, but it was in an envelope, and yet it was a telegram form, which had <laughs> <laughs> stolen from somewhere. and. Crayoned, or not crayon, really. I don't want to insult the person. Uh, capitalized. Dear Dick Cabot And I don't know, maybe I had had Jane Fondo on the night before. So I've forgotten that one. Dear Dick Cabot, you little sod-off faggot communist shrimp. <laughs> and there was a return address on it. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe it. And I, I and I wrote back I am not sawed off. <laughs> is, is that mine? Yes. Oh, okay. Uh oh Jesus, I've just I mean heavens, I've just uh, ruined the carpet and it was probably grandmother's favorite carpet. Yeah. Anyway. That's your job? <laughs>
0: He's always there if something drops.
7: We're going to pull the mustache off and see who it is. Um, (laughs) Why would would someone come here in a disguise? You know what annoys me is I never thought of that joke
0: before. It really, really annoys me. I hadn't done that a million times as he was growing up. You know what I
7: think might have inspired it? And it's fun to think where a joke clicked in your head from what source possibly? Always a mystery to me. Do you remember the poet W.H. Auden? He had, I had him on a show, and he had that face affliction, not an illness, but a certain kind of, as it ages, there are all kinds of folds. It seems to be being pushed from the outside to the middle (laughs) with accordion pleats. (laughs) Jack said, we're going to take him down someday, pull his face aside and see who he is. (laughs) (laughs) Not terribly nice, but you know, like, you know humor. jokes rarely are. You no, know, humor nice. is for hurting people. Yes, like it, is.
0: yes it is. And uh, your book, of course, Brief Encounters, you uh, talk about so many of the great personalities
7: um, that you've met over the years. Yeah, I really am lucky in that way. And somebody said once, well, you came from Nebraska. Where the local weatherman was probably on radio, was probably the cel- biggest celebrity in town you'd ever meet. And now you have a DVD out that has Catherine Hepburn, Betty Davis, Groucho Marx, Fred Astaire, Orson Welles, Marlon Brando, Alfred Hitchcock, Lucille Ball. And I thought, yes, but that is astonishing. And yet, while in Lincoln, Nebraska, I met. Basil Rathbone, Charles Lawton, Agnes Moorhead, Charles Boyer, you think I'm making this up, Uh, Dane Clark, Henry Fonda, Cedric, Sir Cedric Hardwick, and uh, Bob Hope. (laughs) Why? Well, Lincoln was a town of about 150,000 then, but it was sort of on the remains of the old vaudeville circuit groucho told me they we, play, we go to omaha and then we play lincoln and then we go to grand island and then we go to phil silvers do you mind if name dropping at all uh, <laughs> phil Silvers if you do you can leave <laughs> i advise it phil silvers when he heard where i was from said lincoln i said yeah what does that mean to you and he said it means a sign backstage at the Orpheum in Omaha that said, "If you think you're funny, play Lincoln." <laughs> <laughs> Forgotten all about that. And and other old timers have confirmed that, that Lincoln was known to have the worst audiences in the world. I asked somebody why, and they said, "Well, for one thing, as a college town, and college kids." as we used to call them, uh, used, were snottier then than ever, even now. And, is that <laughs> and, right, is and they just like to yell, Go yeah, who told you you're funny? And other <laughs> witty remarks like that, worthy of Oscar Wilde, who also came to Lincoln, but unfortunately well before I was there. So I met all those people, but yeah, I was starstruck. I wanted to be among them. Johnny Carson was this magician who was a local magician. Uh, and also a huge star on radio in Omaha. And I thought if I could get where he is, how weird that we finally <laughs> <laughs> were on opposite each other. We were good friends. I, I, he liked me more than I can ever quite comprehend. Um, and sometimes I'm sorry. I didn't. I'm very sorry. I didn't spend more time with Johnny when he was ill. But we had one great. Evening together this is it's exclusive for you, I think you have a way of bringing things up <laughs> um, Richard uh I found that you're in town uh you want to have dinner? That was my Johnny Carson <laughs> I don't know how he did. I don't know what I was out there doing. It was late i think i was i don't think I was anyway uh. To make this a little shorter than it needs to be, in a way, I had a hell of a time to get where he was. A traffic mix-up. Uh, they, I hadn't quite finished taping, and they had to do something over. There were no cell phones. This will date it slightly. How would I call him? He had told me a restaurant to meet him in, but and I said Johnny, I said it's going to take another half hour, and I'm sorry I screwed this up. And um, besides, I. My clothes were already locked up, and I'm I'm wearing really dirty, white, running shoes. He <laughs> said, come ahead, Richard. So I went, and it wasn't even 30 minutes. It was 40, and I'd get to this dark, typical California-type, spread-out, late cocktail restaurant. No Johnny, and I thought, well, who could blame him? How will I word this when I call him, or how will he word it? And then I saw a man at the bar, beautifully suited, with dirty white tennis shoes. (laughs) (laughs) Now, he had been there already when I said dirty white tennis shoes. And I said, how did he do it? And somebody said, well, if you're Johnny Carson, you want dirty white tennis shoes, you're going to get them <laughs> some way. And, and he was so proud of his joke.
10: Uh,
7: <laughs> and we got in a booth and we talked like school kids about all kinds of things. And uh, m- sexual mishaps as teenagers was one topic. I didn't bring that one up. (laughs) Or maybe I did Bring up might might be the right term here. And uh, never mind, keep moving. And uh, uh, and then he said, you know, Richard, I just finished my my Nebraska special. It'll be on next month. And um, it was covered in people. There was a picture of him beside his old car. and He went on about it. And he has a reputation for being a cold fish with a ramrod up his spine. Um and much of it and meant to many people he was that. But everyone who thought that thought that was all he was. And I remember he started saying, um, you know, I I went back to my old school in Norfolk and uh, they had prepared so that when I opened the door all my old Well uh, All my old teachers were standing there. And he cried. That was my acting. <laughs> um, but I'll never forget it. And I thought, I wish all the people who think he's such a cold shit uh, person uh, would see this. His staff couldn't believe that I had dinner at his house. We met in Lincoln. I forgot, He's the other celebrity I met in Lincoln. I, he was doing a magic show there for probably $35. Drove over in from Omaha. Uh, and he was, I went backstage before he went on with two friends. Now you don't go backstage with a magician when he's setting up. <laughs> and he threw this the filthiest look I've ever seen. And I said, it's okay, Mr. Carson, we're magicians. And he said, oh, well, that's okay, fellas. And he showed us some card fans and was, uh, introduced us from the audience. And, um, when it was over, we went out and watched him glamorously drive off. In his forty-three Chevy, into the night, and show back business. to being a big star in Omaha.
0: Yeah, show business, huh? That's but he yeah. stayed very sentimental, I guess, about Nebraska. You know, that Nebraska? he
7: did. Yeah. that was the subject that got to him. Um, he was a tense, unhappy man most of the time, had a wretched mother. We're not on the air or anything, are we? <laughs> and uh, as you could see in that. American Masters special, if you saw it. The woman who, when he called her to, still trying to please her, saying that he got this prestigious, not Peabody Award, but one equally prestigious. And she said, well, I guess they know what they're doing. (laughs) (laughs) But not wittily, I don't think. Anyway, maybe a decade later, I'm still in Nebraska, a kid on a radio show. And a radio announcer, a star in Lincoln named Bob Johnson of the musical Clock radio show, saw me in the elevator. He'd been watching me on things, and he announced that. And here, so I'm alone with this man in the elevator and think, what's the sort of thing my parents have warned me about sometimes? Uh, but it was not a case of that at all. <laughs> I was irresistible, apparently, as again. I and I, had to, I was always fighting old sods off. And, um, he said, I've been watching you, Dick Cavett, a name that meant nothing then, and to some even now. <laughs> and you're going to get up and out of here the way Johnny did. And I thought, up and out of the elevator? Uh, up, uh, up and out of here the way, and then I got it. And it's kind of, a you know, material for his poignant little vignette or short story or something, because he added, I've gone as far as I'm going to go. I'm a big fish in Lincoln, Nebraska, but you're going to get up and out of here. So I said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it, it's touching, isn't it?
0: uh, And and you know to have the eye for that. I mean, that's that that's something I love about the book is that you have an appreciation for other people's comedy, and a lot of comedians don't. And what do
7: you think he saw that made him say that? I
0: I I think that he saw a kid who knew how to get backstage at the show. I think he saw a kid who had some kind of ambition and the smarts to back it up.
7: Yes, maybe that shows. Mm. Could that be why nobody went out with me in high school?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which helps with comedy, doesn't it? You know?
7: <laughs> well, after, I did a show. Where, have you looked into my head? <laughs> I did a show, one 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 show that came out through the monologue. And then this is risky. And I said, Hi, I'm Dick Cabot from Lincoln, Nebraska, and I have my own television show. And so for all the girls that wouldn't go out with me in high school, meh, <laughs> meh, it didn't get that well. Good laughing. Laugh <down. laughs>
0: I remember reading uh, a book that you wrote years ago when you said you went back for your 25th reunion wearing a white jacket, which—that's
7: how I saw myself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was now famous enough to be called famous. Probably had been on a couple of years. Parenthesis, and then bring back that. What do you one said? Cavett. You have to be on TV a lot before they start recognizing you on the street. It's kind of surprising how much you'd have to. Anyway, um, and I'm always saying to the people on the side, Dummy, that's Henry Fonda. Look at him. <laughs> you're never going to get another chance. I think um, I always had a feeling that I would get somewhere and that when these those famous people came to Lincoln, I'm sliding off for your question for a minute, but I'm afraid I'll forget this. Uh, I thought I belonged with them, not in Lincoln. And Lincoln was a great town to live in. Uh, people go back there after many, many years. But when the drama quartet, that was Charles Lawton, Boyer, Moorhead, and Hardwick, Bernard Shaw's Don Juan and Hell, and they did a stage reading of it and toured the country and brought it to Broadway. And uh, my obnoxious little way went backstage before it started in this huge coliseum that was packed in Lincoln um, and met Lawton and everybody. And at the end of it, I ran backstage again. It was actually huge basketball floors in one of those giant Hitler-sized coliseums (laughs) that state universities have in the Midwest. And across this dark floor, in her gown, was Agnes Moorhead and the three men in their tuxedos. And I ran along the floor, knowing they were going to the stage door. And my thought was, take me with you. I want to leave town with them. I don't want to go back to Lincoln High School tomorrow morning, especially to Miss Martin's class. (laughs) Who would tell us to... (coughs) She was an ancient Viage who would um, tell us to uh, tomorrow's *Simon Macbeth*. You can read from lines and on, act two, to lines and you may skip lines. Certain things and Shakespeare saw fit to grow a little smutty here. <laughs> you should write that down and tell your student friend and children. Shakespeare saw fit. My father was an English teacher and he roared at that. He said, "I can't wait to tell." students what shakespeare saw fit to do and he was still recovering from misquoting a line in macbeth while in front of his class where she tells him to stick his courage to the uh uh, screw your courage to the sticking place and And he said and now lady macbeth says stick your courage to the screwing place (laughs) other way around (laughs)
0: Uh but the people that you admired then as now uh aren't famous just for famous sake. They always seem to be great artists. You are drawn to uncommon people. Um
7: I guess that's true. So. Well aren't we all in the way?
0: Well sometimes I see some people who get famous and you wonder why.
7: Oh yes, but- that is true, yeah. Dick but, Cheney.
0: Yes, the the list could go on. But you're still alive, don't yes, ruin my day. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. As of now, yes. Um but there there's always fantastic people that yeah. you've had the chance to meet, no matter what generation they're from.
7: Yeah, I don't know whether that's I I don't know, do you believe in fate or what is it or something in chemistry or what on earth? caused me, as a junior in college, to come down from New Haven. Oh, say Johnny Winters after this. (laughs) To come down from New Haven, go to the palace, see Judy Garland. And Fire Island was empty that night. Judy Garland (laughs) and half of the village. And there was once a cartoon while she was alive, otherwise it's ruined, of two guys coming out of the house on... Cherry Grove and Fire Island, probably, and the flags were at half mask and one of them is saying, "Oh my God, Judy Garland died." <laughs> <laughs> she hadn't yet, so obviously, but anyway, I went and saw. Now, what took me around to the stage door and saying I know her to the door guy who tried to who started to stop me, and uh, into her dressing room, and I apparently stayed a little long because she said at one point, "Is this an interview?" <laughs> God and I eventually I did have her on a show and I wonder if I told her that. I hope I did. But you always felt
0: that need to go back and talk to who's ever showed. I
7: did. I that's where I wanted everyone to be like that. Yeah. I wanted people to say there goes Nick Cavett, the way someone had just said There goes Rex Harrison <laughs> and I was walking past Saint Patrick's Cathedral and my head whipped around and there he was. What what did I say to say Johnny Winters about? Oh Johnny's dad went to Yale. Johnny did not. And um, it always bothered him in a way. And he said, Johnny could do at least, by anybody's act, great imitations, perfect, great ear. Um, And uh, he could do at least four regional Connecticut accents. (laughs) And he said, I I always loved it when these friends of my dad's would say, uh, when I'd meet them, and then before long, they would say, uh, one year when I was uh, still in New Haven, and Johnny would say, um, or even when I was still in the school in New Haven, and Johnny would say, "Uh, was that New Haven Polytechnic? (laughs) (laughs) A funny guy
0: amazingly funny guy
7: funniest man of my lifetime i suppose if you can if you can ever pick up total winner because nobody was better than groucho and nobody was better than a lot of people but um Sid caesar and so many
0: so what did he have what did
7: johnny yeah uh that unprecedented uninfluenced not standing on the shoulders of anybody before him Ability, see if you agree, to create a mad world in front of you in which people instantly change personalities and sexes <laughs> and genders and <laughs> countries and uh, an instant. As in, I can't do it, of course, but I, I i think I quoted this, hoping it would work in print in one of my two blogs on Johnny for the Times column, online column. Mm-hmm. Okay, buddy, where's the fire? In your eyes, officer, in your <laughs> eyes. <laughs> How could you not yeah, love who could do that? It, it was kind of, it, he actually was do, sort of doing Paul Lynde, yeah. wasn't Yeah. Paul Lind never came out, um, but uh, a few people knew. Yeah. He <laughs> <laughs> was so great. He was a great actor. He wasn't funny, personally. That's so strange. You don't have to be, if you can act. And he had one special writer, and those Lind lines from that show, Hollywood Squares should be enshrined and available somewhere. There probably are a lot of them online. You want to hear one? Sure. A famous dancer had announced that his career was now behind him. So what was the host on Hollywood Squares? Peter Peter Marshall. Peter Marshall. This man has announced that he will never do this thing again. All in. Uh order hair by mail. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
10: <laughs>
7: Burton Taylor Fisher time. Anyone old enough to know those <laughs> names? The Triangle? These two people are angry at Eddie Fisher. Paul Lind? His fans?
10: <laughs> <laughs>
7: <laughs> That's a good joke writing. Yeah, it? it was great. Yeah. And this is why what- I asked him if he'd do a show, you know, <laughs> and at a, we were on some award show, and we were seated together we were in the rehearsal or something. I said, you got to come on... He said, "I can't do that. I, I, I'm not that guy on the show. I'm not. I don't come up with funny answers. And the minute I'm not funny, they hate me. <laughs> the sad man and lived had a horrible life.
0: But none of that was ever improvised. None of that was. You wouldn't get that if you went out to dinner with him.
7: Uh, no, that's what he, that's what he was willing to admit. Yeah, yeah. that uh, I don't. People come up and expect me to start breaking them up." Uh, he could be funny, I'm sure. I mean, everybody can at times. But but he said, that thing that everybody wants from me, I don't have.
0: Well, you know, we were talking about Jonathan Winters, and one person that was crazy about him was Robin Williams. So
7: Robin was, yeah.
0: We just lost this year. R-
7: Jonathan gave us Robin Williams in in a, in a large way. <clears throat> I think Robin saw that and thought, I can do that. Um style, that way, that way of presenting myself. Robin would have had a career without Johnny Winters, of course, but he it was his God, he admitted that he was, and he he would not say, of course, I'm influenced almost totally by Johnny Winters. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, you know, Winters, you know, loved him back, too. I mean, he was crazy
2: about it. Yeah. Him. the
7: the, the, um, the reason I happened to call Johnny Winters two weeks before he died on the phone having meant to forever and knowing other people did. And Richard Lewis said, I call him every day. And he had for some years. Johnny was not the happiest of clowns in his life. He suffered from depression and alcoholism and one or two other things. And uh had a hard time. Um, I'm sure Lewis kept him alive for a little while and. Uh, I wish he would publish that. And and Johnny left. He said infallibly, brilliantly funny messages every day on his answering machine. <laughs> like, but yeah, I I shocked some people in um, Time Magazine a month when Robin died, and they called me up. I was out in the woods, and they got me and said, "Can you write an article about him in two hours?" Um, and and depression and suicide and. F- actors, and uh, I did, and you can Google it, I think the first sentence was, Robin Williams will not be the last great performer to be plucked from us by suicide and depression, and but I could fill a page with the names of other people or the business, and it does seem to center on, to target the talented
0: why do you think that More is? More than others,
7: I, I can't prove that. I don't think anybody's ever done a statistic on it. But um, I don't know. There may be something in the, gen- in the genes that is connected to the mental uh, brain chemistry and body and receptors and who knows what. But, God, the frequency of it.
0: Well, humor does seem to have a shadow, doesn't it? It does.
7: It does, and it's. uh, I think humor is complete intelligence in a way that I can't totally describe. It's beyond just being smart. It's being able to add to it something funny and entertaining or witty. It doesn't even have to be as witty as the great wits, Groucho and Oscar Wilde, (laughs) Mark Twain. Do you know what Oscar Wilde said when his <laughs> perversity when he came to America and was a very popular with he went out west and went down with miners into the mines and cowhands, and he stood on stage this man in silk knee breeches and everything to provoke them in his and 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 then they thought he, they pronounced him a bully boy when he left mm-hmm. um he dock knocked one of them cold. Uh, But anyway, Oscar um, came to America. And he was at Niagara Falls. And there are old newspaper clippings of Wilde at Niagara Falls. Someone said, what would you say about the falls, Mr. Wilde? A question he was not prepared for. Niagara Falls, probably the second... Greatest disappointment in the life of an American bride. <laughs> of an American bride. <laughs> you, lo- you have
0: such great appreciation that great? for that kind of talent, too. It's all through uh, the book, Brief Encounters. And uh, and that's, to me, one of the great things that you're able to do, not only having your own humor, but being fair witness to other great humor is that you
7: are willing to share that yeah i i must say in praise of myself <laughs> <laughs> even though you're doing a nice job too <laughs> I, I don't have that thing you do see in show business mostly among second raters, uh the nasty envy of the talented i really like it love to see it it's a great why not enjoy it don't don't look at a picasso and think, shit, if I can't do that, nobody should. Um, (laughs) And the the same goes for for, uh, um, Michelangelo and all of them. But there are some people who are put off, but they hate it. They compare themselves. Uh -uh, You you shouldn't enjoy it, because it's quite likely that 100 years from now, everyone in here will be dead. (laughs) Some in a week, some in a month. Well, That's a a sick little short story. And with that, he walked out of the door and dropped dead on the floor.
0: (laughs) Well, another thing that you're willing to do, like you you brought up with Jonathan Winters, is it's not just about who's hot at the time. You find people at different stages in their life. And some of the stuff that I love is going to spend time with Stan Laurel. I found that to just be... Oh, that
7: made Jonathan Winters. It's got to be more than coincidence that you allowed these. (laughs) Nobody likes a smart guy who's read the book. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I was working for Time as a copy boy. Oh, that's probably my next appointment. I don't know who this is. (laughs) Hello? (laughs) Is this Howard Storm, the comedian? The reason I ask is I'm in front of an audience now on on a radio show. (laughs) (laughs) Try try me later. Okay. See see you, Howard. Now, when we say turn off your phones,
0: we just mean the audience.
7: Yeah. (laughs) I never saw that. Actually, you're not unique because this happened on Imus's show, and I on the air live, and I said it's okay. I'm not doing anything. <laughs> and, and he was offended. I don't. Think. I I thought what, you were suddenly doing Bob Newhart's act. No, no, no. What do you think about people who are offended?
0: It's strange, isn't it?
7: Mm-hmm. You know. Oh, okay, we're going to do a little acting duo thing sure. here. You're going to be an ABC executive. Okay. And you're going to uh, say I've had John and Yoko on, and there's something they're worried about. All
0: and right, you're I know.
7: going to say people are going to be offended. Uh,
0: I know that you've had John Lennon and Yoko Ono on, but people are going to be very offended about this.
7: So? That's, that's it.
0: That's how you felt.
7: That's it, yeah. People are resilient. Many people have been known to recover from being offended.
10: <laughs>
7: Go on with their lives. Uh-huh. But And he, don't let the door bat you in the ass on the way out if you don't like it.
0: And now that interview, of course, lives on forever because yeah, it's a yeah. treasured interview. He, he's done so f- few of them.
7: Yeah, and, and, were, the, the, and then they came back and yeah. performed. Nigger is um, a word that came up on the show. Does that the startle song. anybody? I think it's so infantile to say the N word. It's nigger. We all know that. And um, Yoko had written a song called "Woman Is the Nigger of the World," which contains a rather interesting attitude and a clear one. And ABC didn't want it aired. They sang it. I said, "Wait a minute! I get you two of the highest rating nights you've ever had, having John and Yoko on, and you're going to censor them? Not on my time." <laughs> not knowing what I meant by that. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good, though, doesn't it? So they said, they went into conference and beshat themselves for a couple of days and then uh, came back and um, said, all right, the song is in. I said, I know that. (laughs) Not knowing what that meant. (laughs) Uh, And you will um, record a little uh, insert. It won't take long. A little play just ahead of the song. And so I did it as mockingly a tone as I could, saying, uh, it's been pointed out to me or something that this uh, some, some people might be offended by what they're about to hear. And then you can, you know. Well, it played. There were four hundred and some complaints, none of them about the song all of them about, as some writer put it, the mealy-mouthed speech you force dicted.
10: <laughs>
7: make before. So, there, so I thought, there's hope for America <laughs> and humanity. I just read them one after the other. They were. Just, you know. But you yeah. were also
0: attracted to people who were controversial as well, and you always gave them yes, a place
7: in Yeah, show. Yes, was. I don't know how much eternal credit i get for, for refusing to apologize to lessermatics so they walked off the show or but those moments were what gave the job vitality at times and i remember the first time first week you're terrified you're sitting there you're responsible for 90 minutes of television suddenly and people signaling you and you don't know what the signals mean and there's a guest sitting right here and and somebody's letter to sign but then they took it down and, oh um, And the guest's lips have stopped moving. You don't have any idea what they were talking about. You're dying inside. Um, And that's when you say, Why did I want to be in show business? My first week, and everything was weird, and I slept like a, looking like a board in the bed, maybe with only my head and heels touching the mattress, and got up and do another show. Why did I have a nightmare? And it never occurred to me that I would have to deal with controversy. Because I'd come up with Jack and Johnny, and most of the times the show was so entertaining, and often it was shocking and controversial. But I just hadn't prepared. And an old lawyer named Louis Neiser, who wrote rather popular books on the law, came on. And he began to apologize, as the word really means, for the Vietnam War. And I said, well, wait a minute, your friend Lyndon Johnson is on record of having said that this is a war for Asian boys. sometimes forgotten quote. Well, he didn't like that, and he didn't like being resisted, and so I kept doing it.
10: And uh,
7: (laughs) got a lot of mail that was nice. No sawed-off faggot communist shrimp that time. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry, little sawed-off faggot. Three small references. <laughs> um, and uh, Neisser was not pleased, and I think he may even complain to the network. But it uh, turned out later somebody said, Oh, Lewis, good God, he, he was angling for a Supreme Court appointment. He wasn't going to say anything bad about Johnson's war. <laughs> 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 How our heroes are made of crap. <laughs> clay, clay. clay. I mean. Yeah, yeah. You
0: know, it's interesting for for me to hear you say that. You know that you had anxiety about it all because whenever I go back and watch those shows, no matter what was happening in the room, you always seem to be very cool and steady and in the pocket with it.
7: I'm able to look cooler than I am and was, uh, and I'm often amazed because I think, geez, look at that! I've seemed fine, and my heart was pounding, and my, I was trying to get my breath, and uh, images of hell going through my." and me burning in it, going through my head. Um, I, I don't know what that is, but that there's a thing that, you know, kind of takes over for you and even supplies you with something to say when consciously you don't have anything to say. It happens in real life, too. You get through a party that you don't like, but you even give the impression you're having a good time. It's 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 related to that somehow, yeah. I don't think I ever totally fell apart like Jack, bless his heart, did on the air to our great entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> really lost it in various ways. Kenneth Tynan, the great British critic, said when he discovered Jack Parr, he's the most electric personality the medium has ever seen. When he's on a screen in a two-shot shot, even if it were Cary Grant, you can't take your eyes off Jack. For fear you might miss a live nervous breakdown. <laughs> <laughs>
10: yeah,
7: <laughs> that's well said. <laughs>
0: well, no one even understood anxiety attacks in those days, and there he was having. A we bond. didn't have that phrase yeah. even.
7: I, if, yeah, maybe the the mental profession kept it to itself. Yeah, yeah. But I don't. Certain phrases, you realize, we didn't didn't have that. We didn't have. Uh, Anxiety attack.
0: Uh, well, a nervous breakdown always seems so permanent. You know what I mean? Like it was over at that.
7: point. Yeah, if it's broken. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember from a the kid thing. He had a nervous breakdown. Did parts fall off of him? <laughs> right. Uh, and, uh, did she lose her arms and head uh, when she broke down? The uh, scary phrases.
0: But you, but you stayed cool, and I, and I. There's plenty of times when your show was you know, guests going crazy or people showing up drunk. And that's...
7: just about everything, yeah. Yeah. Tragic appearance by the late... Here's a name from your past, some folks. Veronica Lake. Yes. She was a drunk, and she um, came on my morning show, and she was all right. Huge movie star who later found herself handing out menus to diners in a hotel dining room in the village and uh, other things adopted by the gay community, which pretty much kept her alive in a way, and a lot of friends. And um, then she came on in prime time, snockered, and it was quite sad, and I had to try to cover it up as much as I could. Any actor who ever worked with her... Uh, Wore out the phrase "never again." And, <laughs> uh, uh, William Powell and and uh, oh, I, or any number really. Sad, sad case. What uh, can happen to?
0: Well, when some of that was happening, was there a voice in your head thinking, "Well, this is good TV." You know, I have this- to confess there were times
7: <laughs> when Lester said you. He said all the people in Georgia were bigots. And I finally, and he kept saying they apologize and I finally said, all right, if I've called anyone a bigot who isn't a bigot, I apologize. And he saw through that and hauled ass off the stage, and, and it, I knew this is great. This is be every paper tomorrow, and it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: You had so many of them. Mailer was on
7: the show, and... Yeah, that, that's the damnedest night of my life, the Mailer Vidal show. And, uh, the other damnedest night of my life is, um, uh, they've taken the heart of it and put it on YouTube, which bothers me in a way, because that show built like a th- three act play and got tenser and tenser and more tense, uh, and, uh, to a almost, almost climax. Um, and the other night was, uh, brando and the drama that he woke up in california having forgotten he was on my show in new york that night and this was kept from me right up to airtime when they sent a helicopter somewhere to get him there and that was an odd difficult show in many ways but the most fun was lay ahead that night when we got into the limousine i was going to drop him off he took his shoes off, put his legs across me, and his feet out the window because he hadn't had time to shower that morning. You he-
10: <laughs>
7: he knew this wasn't about um, Fred Astaire, for example, and, uh, and then we went down to Chinatown and he couldn't find the restaurant and it was dark and Ron Galella, the paparazzo. And I'm making this a story in less than a minute that is worth two volumes of Vanity Fair <laughs> when I finally write about it. Uh where uh he said which one is Galella? And I said that one. Uh this is a dark street in Chinatown, everything closed. Do you ever get tired of taking the same picture all the time? I said, what what you say, Marlon? Do you ever get time of taking the <clears throat> <clears throat> right up from the sidewalk, broke his jaw, and uh, he came crashing down on the front hood of a car in a way and no stuntman could do without putting his arms down. And it was in all the papers, and I, Brando was in the hospital, and his hand swelled up, and I saved his life and got him into a hospital or we wouldn't have had several movies that we have now, according to the doctor. And um, I loved every second of it. LAUGHTER
0: But, you know, those uh, Galela things, those those pictures are hanging in uh, in galleries now.
7: Yeah, there's one where Marlon and I got out of the cab that we took down there. He said I could call him Marlon. (laughs) Uh, As Nixon would say, these celebrities, as we call them. Boy, if you haven't the treat of seeing Dick Cavett's Watergate. Did anybody here see it yet that was on PBS? No one. That is appalling. (laughs) Google it when you get home. It's one hour. I had almost everybody from Watergate on my show, and a brilliant documentary was made of it. I say that because I didn't do the making, just the original show. Oh, God, Dick, Dick Cavett's Watergate. It's on YouTube, and it's on... PBS org, I think, but try YouTube. I'll you never don't. speak to you again if you don't
0: <laughs> You were on the enemies list. I thought
7: people watched PBS. Yeah.
0: You were on you were on the Enemies list when Nixon's.
7: I out. don't know. Some people deny there ever was an official enemy list, enemies list that you can hold in your hand. Uh I'm not sure of that. Um But it tickles me that this show got service 725 rave reviews around the country and this audience never heard it no of this who wrote those reviews yeah. well, maybe they're the only people who saw it
0: well these no, people um, watch Mad Men that's have... what they're into
7: well I do too have you ever googled John Ham's penis
0: no <laughs> um, no I just want to make sure, does Google mean something different to you than it does <laughs> to me? <laughs>
7: oh, that's wonderful. You deserve a hand for that. You know, a friend of mine asked me that crazy question, and I said, great. Come on, put your mind on it. And then I thought, could he have meant anything? So I do Google J O H N A M imposter and so on. A whole page comes up. Oh. Not a page who works in a hotel, right? Uh, you know, a, uh...
0: a page walking in. You ordered this a few moments ago. Yeah.
7: I'm just getting to the bottom of this page. No, no. Where are we going with it? Well, the... I didn't make any of this up, however. Yeah. Certainly not about John Hamm.
0: The book is brief encounters, and this is blogs yeah. that you've done for the New York Times, and you can write about whatever. Yeah, you I haven't like done it writers. as much
7: lately. Uh, I, I, I survived their recent firing of a hundred employees, as you may have noticed. What newspapers are breathing through a reed? And um, I haven't written one in about five weeks. I used to write every two weeks. In a way, having a column is penal servitude. <laughs> uh, I don't. Know. There are people who have written them every day. Sports writers, God. Anyway.
0: It's nice they'll be able to put them all together in a book, though, I guess. Right? Oh, I didn't
7: really finish on Stan Laurel. A lot of people, and I won't now, but a lot of people cried reading that and then were thrilled by it. And uh, and, and to me, it is still incredible. One of the most overworked words since... Uh, what, are, what are the most overworked words today? Um, what's the one that no college student, teenager... Can go two sentences awesome.
0: awesome awesome awesome
7: whatever and um amazing well amazing really- will be twice in the yeah. same commercial and then in the voice of the host of the show in the next sentence but uh yeah i i met i found and met not know that he was living stan laurel of laurel and hardy and spent afternoons with him in his Small apartment, since they got no residuals. And there. movies that sold billions of dollars worth of peanut butter and cars after they were made. There's wonderful incidents there are. Or George Bush always said there's for there are, but um, but I don't want to go nuclear on you. Um,
0: yeah, uh, there's Stan they're, Laurel. Yeah, yeah. the beautiful stories in here yeah, that we
7: had with them, yeah.
0: and how much that he enjoyed. You stopping by. He loved it. Yeah.
7: He was in the phone book. It didn't bother him that much because who knew? But some people did. And when I told Johnny Winters that in our last conversation, he said, oh, Dick, spare me that. I'm the only one out here who never met him. <laughs> Damn. Um, yeah, and he talked to people who found it. His name in the book. Some geek came to his apartment the way I did. And I, he said, you know, I have to be a little careful on these calls, because, or who, whom to invite in, because I had one guy who came here, not a bad guy, he said, but he just, you know, the dumb son of a bitch spoke in my voice the entire time.
10: <laughs>
7: <laughs> and I was so embarrassed, I didn't know where to look.
0: <laughs> uh, brief Encounters... Um, Dick Cabot, thank you again for being here, my friend. I love these stories.
7: Well, you know, you're not so bad yourself.
0: Thank you very much, my friend. That's that's high praise. There it is. A high five from Dick Cabot. Dick Cabot, everybody. We didn't have that as
7: kids.
1: You know what you've been doing? You've been listening to The Ron and Fez Show. It's now over, but don't worry. You can listen again and again on SiriusXM On Demand. Go to SiriusXM.com slash On Demand. Listen to Ron and Fez whenever you want. Go to SiriusXM.com slash On Demand.